Hey everybody, this episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California. Believe it or not. Are you looking for something to do? Are you in Los Angeles? Have you tried all of our mediocre pizza? I'd even say terrible pizza. And you're just like, man, is there anything fun to do here? There is, and it's the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium at Hollywood and Highland, the crossroads of entertainment. If you're a tourist here, guess what? You're going to be right there. You're going to head to the Chinese theater, take a gander at that, take a photo with, uh, I don't know, uh, someone pretending to be Batman, and then you're like, well, what else is there to do? Well, once you're done at Dave & Buster's, head over to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum and Auditorium for a fun packed learning experience full of trivia oddities the like props from movies they have it all and if you want two people for the price of one you can have it thanks to this podcast and those good folks it is buy one get one after 5 30 p.m two people for 20 dollars the ripley's believe it or not museum and auditorium in hollywood california all you gotta do is mention this podcast and you will be granted access to a wonder unseen since the warehouse at the end of raiders of the lost ark Oh, that's pretty great. Remember all those boxes, guys? I sure do. But at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium, Andy, the stuff's out of the boxes. It's out of the boxes? Yes! Oh, that's a security risk. <laughs> Head over, buy one, get one, after 5.30 p.m., two for $20. Tell them Matt and Andy sent you. Here's the show. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next conversation i am matt and i am andy we are uh talking uh, drumhead andy. the drumhead yeah andy's favorite uh episode named after a part of a musical instrument what is on what is it? is a drumhead the flat part at the top yeah huh. i didn't even know that now you do i looked up the military definition because i wasn't sure what it was ah it's like uh you know an unfair field Right, Marshall. Yeah, but it was as Picard says in the uh, in the episode. It's uh, they they took the the head of the drums, you know, the big drums that they'd march. Uh, oh, that's right, that's right. The thing, mm-hmm. and then that's where they'd uh, dispense the justice. It's interesting. Um, we'll Matt, have to learn. Um, I, there's a uh, there was actually submission for this segment in the show. <laughs> would would you have a watch? But from one of our our most prolific and uh, and artistic and just craftsmen like um, uh, Instagram uh, submitters Jeff Mullins, Lieutenant Jeff Mullins, or Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins, if he's allowed the promotion that I I propose, which still hasn't gone through all the Starfleet uh, red tape yet, a.k.a. Matt. Uh, whatever the case, <laughs> um, here, uh, here uh, the, he, has, he has three different versions. I'm going to play them all. You can tell me if you have any 
have any preference uh, for this portion of the show. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. I'm on board. Here's number two. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Oh, it's a different, just a different read. And here's the last one. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? It's the first read. It's definitely the first first read. read. He's a professional uh, voiceover, as you might do this. Otherwise, I think that was pretty clear. Yeah. All right, there you go. Uh, So play it now. Now let's introduce the segment. Here we go. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? I sure would. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. You know, you know what we're missing on that. What's that? Uh, here's what I'd like him to do uh-huh. on the, on uh, for next week if he if at all possible. Okay, uh, leave me a, leave me a space of three seconds. Mm-hmm. So Matt, would you? So we'll go with that first read. Yeah, drum. Uh-huh. And I want you a third. I want space of three seconds uh-huh. followed by symbol a trumpet. <laughs> trumpet. <laughs> <Da-da>! <laughs> sure. So there you go. There you go. Did you say three seconds? That's a long time. Oh, I'll milk it and and I'll hit it. I'll hit the post. Don't you Why worry. Not just give it for a yes or a no in one second, <laughs> and because then you can explain. Well, after. I need the dramatic pause. I see. Okay. I need to like dramatically pause. Oh, there you go. He knows, the he knows what he wants sound wise. The rhythms. <laughs> the rhythms. The rhythms. Um, I would uh, certainly agree. Know that not that anybody uh, created a soundbite for my opinion on this. Um. And uh, with that, Matt, if you want to scoot over down this busy corridor on the 1701D. And enter. And enter. Here we go. The Admiral's Club. Matt, how do they get into the Admiral's Club? Well, Andy, it's very easy. All they have to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review. It's Apple Podcasts now. Uh, and just say, hey, this show, it's worth a listen, everybody. And then you will be welcome with open arms to the Admiral's Club, an exclusive club that you can only get into if you put a little bit of effort in. That's true. Just leave that five-star review. You can even say something negative. But, uh, People have done it, and they're in. And uh, here are two of our uh, admitted Admirals. One is G... G- oh, Wan- Wanry. Um, I was like trying to fit it into January in my head, and I realized that's not what it was. Um, listening in the dark, this was one of the podcasts that became more important after Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico. Mm. Downloaded a bunch before the hurricane hit, and afterwards would download more and charge my phone at work so I could listen to it, even though I'm a Star Wars fan, but also part of my reverse. <laughs> uh, many of the lonely 63 nights without electricity spent listening for the MVC and how many Andes the episode got. Uh, Matt and Andy are like Darmok and Jalad on the ocean. Matt, may the force be with you. Uh, Andy will get that reference by the middle of season five. <laughs> That is probably the most frequent reference uh, in the future that I've heard. Um, Thank you very much, Wanri. We're glad we could be of any comfort to you at that difficult time. And uh, Godspeed to all the people of Puerto Rico. We uh, hope you were comforted by the fact that you could always have it worse. You could be Matt or Andy. That's true. (laughs) You could live inside one of our heads. Uh, and the second one is from Garrett Palm, who says, they're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm behind somewhere in the 70s, That's but it's funny. 
been a thrill listening in on their meetings on how they might do a Star Trek podcast if they were to get together to do one. That's so funny. I think they're getting close. Uh, they're getting close to getting an outline on how to do their show. That's very funny. <laughs> so funny. That is accurate, though. So accurate. Someday, Andy, we'll figure out what we're going to do on this podcast. Will we? Seems like Not at this point happen. we would have. Not going to happen. All good things. That's the episode we'll figure it out on. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're done with the uh, Admirals Club. Oh, wanna... see, I wouldn't know that, Andy, unless you tell and, me. Uh, yeah, you well. left a dramatic pause. I was hoping for a trumpet. Ta-da! All right, everybody. <laughs> right the circle. To head over <laughs> to the president circle. <laughs> so nice in here today yeah i don't really have any idea what the hollow dj's been up to but uh i'm sure we'll find out eventually looks like it's just slices of uh of box birthday cake oh uh, everywhere wow. everywhere you look with little scoops of vanilla ice cream that's pretty exciting i think that that's uh probably one of the greatest treats they've received so far it goes well with the mac and cheese you know nice little finish to the day there's a lot of opulence in here a lot of uh the hedonistic um, feeding of uh, anything you could want. Um, anyway, our first, uh, our first president. Uh, hey, hey, hey! Club. Hey, hey, thank you. <laughs> Stop it, Andy. Sorry. So it annoys him more than me, and he's the one who perpetuates I do it the myth. To myself. Anyway, uh, first one. This is a little something to annoy you. Mm-hmm. Is yet yet another submission from June twenty fourth. It's from Captain Hook, who's been getting a lot of airtime lately, and he's really double dipping here. But uh, I gotta, I gotta clean, swab the decks, if you will. Here it is from uh, from Captain Hook. Uh, good day to you, Ca- Commander Secunda. I don't believe I'm a commander, sir. Uh, I've been waiting for this time to make me triumphant return. Make a statement about how you did winch at least oh, one other payment from PayPal before oh, the God. Patreon started. I had actually sent a donation of $17.01 in Canadian funds last June 24th for the amount of $14.49. Um, because uh, Canada Canadian dollar is stronger than ours. Uh, I wonder if that's still true. Reverse that, buddy. Oh, is that the other way? Yeah. So he would pay less. He sent us seventeen on one Canadian. I see, which comes out to fourteen dollars. Got it. So on and so forth. U.S. There you go. But uh, uh, you know, look, they're getting closer and closer. Uh, I be mostly telling you this because I have missed the scion of Captain Myra when he finds out ye missed another bounty, and I believe that he wants it. Somewhat as well. Take care, Captain Hook. P.S. Uh, Captain Hook might be a time traveler. I'll be back in. in I shall not be stopped with this pirate natter. God. There you go. Um, Now, for the official. I'm saying he's a time traveler because he's using time travel to go back in time and send us money on PayPal. You know what? If he's going all that trouble. God bless him. There's other things you could do, buddy, with time travel. <laughs> this definitely seems wasted. There's no, no, certainly no argument there. Um, and now the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor awardees, um, in order to uh, be in the the box of possible uh, applicants, is it awardees? <laughs> I don't know. You, you figure out your way out of how to verbalize of, this. Uh, I would say it's a box of service records we go through. <laughs> box of service decide, records. Decide who earned it. There you go. Um, go over to uh, our Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Leave a message in that month's subspace message posting 
and uh, your comment or question could possibly be selected. Uh, the first is Lieutenant Ken Campbell, who asks, which episode so far would you like to see continued? For example, I always wondered how things went on the Mintakins planet from Who Watches the Watchers? And I actually uh, gave a lot of thought to this and, and uh, had a, a bunch of answers, uh, but I'm curious if anything strikes you, Matt. You know, it's funny you say that. It's, I, it's maybe just because it's fresh, fresh in my mind. But I would have, I would have loved to see the the stuff we don't see between them arriving at the uh, giant headed aliens, yeah, and the fun information exchange and week and a half they had out there. Like, I'd like to see that week and a half. It is definitely they switched up uh, in doing a little reading about it. They switched up the ending which originally was a darker ending and, and they were more of a threat which would have been the classic way to go and they wanted to go the opposite direction but it has the effect of sort of leaving you with well, wait a minute, what happened with those aliens? <laughs> so I agree with you. Here are the ones that struck me many which uh, I believe are followed up later Moriarty's coming back, right? I don't know. All right. Well, what whatever. About. Moriarty. My sense is Moriarty's coming back. He would be the number one person I would want to want to see more of what happened to him. Um, I'm interested in seeing what happened to Tasha Yar's sister. My sense is she doesn't come back, but I could be wrong. Um, the most toys, uh, Kivas Fa- Fajo. Uh, that guy is one of the great Star Trek villains. I don't believe he comes back. But Kivas Fajo, doesn't he die? Don't they kill him? No, he he's beamed up before the the phaser shoots him. That's the question: is was Data even going to kill right, him or not? Right. Um, it's not really a specific episode, but any of the Romulan stuff. I want more Romulan stuff. I feel like they're Andy an untapped demands villain. more Romulans. I want to dig in on Guinan's past. It's again not a specific episode. Uh, who she is, what her deal is. You really um, put some effort into this. I love it. I really did, uh, because it's something that I think I pester you with quite a bit, so I feel like it was only fair. Mm. And uh, the last thing is uh, the parasites from Conspiracy. Sure. I want to ask if we come back to that. We get a little nudge-nudge on the Conspiracy. It's referenced in this episode. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, and the second uh, Christopher Pike Medal of Valor uh, recipient is J.D. Cohen, Lieutenant J.D. Cohen, who says reposting an old one that I think slipped through the, cl- the cracks. He, he posted it on a previous mm-hmm. um, month. Uh, I'd love to hear you guys hear about pilots you guys have worked on or ideas for pilots you have kicking around. I promise none of us will steal your ideas. It's good. It's a hell of a promise. Uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of an empty promise. I will tell you about one um, one that I did. There's two different ones that I did. One I wrote a script which was not shot trying to remember the name of it but it was basically about a bunch of video game testers um in a giant video game company that all had various you know various ways that their lives were were flying off the tracks but they were a bonded family was the main character uh someone who had recently been diagnosed with testicular cancer and the show was called testes is that a real show no i just made that up for you oh wow that's the hook. It's a great title. Let's go backwards. <laughs> it's a very dark turn for a video game testing show. And uh, the other one that was shot but was not made also had a video game. was really into video game testing at this point. It really felt like it was the perfect fake fun job. Um, but it was about uh, a video game tester and his sister who worked for the video game company. And she constantly had to take responsibility for him. And they lived together. Um, and she was an animal rescue like my sister 
and it was called Like Cats and Dogs. I did not title it. The uh, supervisor who was assigned to me uh, titled it. And he kept saying, no, I got it. It's not Cats and Dogs, which is already a movie. It's like Cats and Dogs. They fight like Cats and Dogs. They play like Cats and Dogs. And he said it every time he pitched that title. And I'm like, Cats and Dogs don't play every time he said that. <laughs> Poor Andy. <laughs> it's awkward. Uh, anyway, that was the other one. Uh, Matt? Going off the video game thing, I once worked on a pilot for... Did you create this? Comedy Central. No, no I've not yeah. created any. Well. Or is it? That's not entirely true. Uh, oh, he said pilots you guys have worked on. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, off the video game thing, jumping into my head, was uh, we did a thing for Comedy Central, I think, which was like a... Um, it was like a web soupy kind of... Uh, talk soup kind of thing uh-huh. uh, about video games. And it was called... Uh, it was hosted by Jonah Ray. It's called Jonah's Arcade. Hmm. It was that. it was narrative. It wasn't. No, no, no. It was it was like literally a strip show kind oh. of thing that all the clips were having to do with video games. Is it a, was uh, the only video game thing that popped in my head. There's a lot of ideas like that that occurred. What was that like five, seven years ago? Uh, it was probably ten years ago. Yeah, that it's like oh, if they did that now, that would be a massive success. It was the, the it was who was the, the writers' room was like me and Kumail, <laughs> and the perfect Jonah the perfect like, people. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I think Jonah actually just on Instagram probably two week three weeks ago posted a photo of him on like that set. Interesting on that green screen set. He hated it. We all agreed. Oh, it wasn't good. That's no, good. it just was like all detoothed and not Jonah. And uh, I think uh, those clip shows are hard to do, and, and they do wear on you when you're doing them. Uh, anyway, what's yeah, next, Andy? That's it. We're out of the atmosphere. Oh, well, let's uh, head back out uh, into our, our handy-dandy, what do we call it? A uh, We're going to go out of this door. Okay. <laughs> into the Admiral's Club. Back in the Admiral's Club. Taking the long way. Yeah. Oh, huh? that one did. That one seems like it's malfunctioning. Gotta talk to Jordan. It's really, it really, you can see the quality difference in between the Admiral's Club and the President's Circle. I mean, look, <laughs> first of all, why did they put so many doors in here? Yeah. It's a path that's a strange uh, quirk. We could have gone in a straight line right for the other door. Yeah. Well, here's the last door, Andy. Yeah. And that was the Admiral's Club. Captain, we are being hailed. And we have the hail bag. I, my brain always tricks myself into thinking that that's the end of the portion of the show where we communicate with our listeners. Oh, no, so but much, then I forget that so much more. We also open hailing frequencies. Sure. Would it make you feel better if we reordered it a different way? No. <laughs> and then we finally start our podcast as the uh, as the well, review says. We'll talk about <laughs> it. Figure we'll it figure out. out how to do it. <laughs> um, our first. Uh, says to us, hi there, Matt <laughs> our and Andy. First. <laughs> first hail? No, no, it's like the the term, our first. It feels like it's like an alien culture calls their wife or our husband. First. My first. Our first. What was it? What do they call them in Code of Honor? First one? Yeah, is it something first like one? that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there you go. go. Um, my background is as a professional mariner and navigation officer. That's cool. Oh, I think this is someone that you're familiar with, Frederick Roy. Yes. From He's an Who Egghead. I always try to call Roy. Uh, is, is that why? Uh, just because of the uh, 
famous hockey player whose gotcha. last name was spelled Roy, and, but his, he was French, so it was Roy. There you go. It says at the end, it says Frederick, pronounced like Fraser's son. Is that my pronouncing it correctly? Yeah. And then Roy, like the hockey goaler, goalie. Oh, he is Roy. Yeah. Yes. You'll have to correct me every time this gentleman writes in. It's amazing. Um, Anyway, he says, uh, my background is as a professional mariner navigation officer, so I feel that I can speak with some authority on my experience aboard ships. First, the constant background hum. We had a debate about this last week, Matt. Who had a debate? We didn't have a debate. We were, I was asking you. Oh, you were wondering what that sound was going, what it, if the ship didn't have the engines running, would you be hearing anything? Exactly. So he's sort of bringing some real world experience to it. I love it. All the ships that I've served on have had that soothing, low-level rumble as long as the main engines are online, which is all of the time when the ship isn't secured in port or at anchor. Think of a ship as a city that happens to move. The main engine's primary function is to provide propulsion, but sometimes they may also be used to power all the other systems on board, depending on the design. When the ship is in port or at anchor, there are smaller dedicated power plants known as ship's generators that can power all the systems except propulsion. They also have a low-level rumble, but it's much quieter and not nearly as satisfying when the ship can connect to shore power, such as when they're at their home ports and dry dock, etc., there is hardly any noise at all on board, and it feels a little strange and uncomfortable, like there's something missing or broken. Second, the captain's chair, because last week... Yes, remember, we talked about that, whether, we're wondering not, whether or not Vaj would be uh, was a welcome in that chair. problem. Uh, he says, "Woo boy, most <laughs> of the captains that I've served uh, w- were great people, friendly and approachable, but I would never have sat in the captain's chair or on the bridge at any time while the captain was there. It is not done. Some of the earlier read older... He wasn't there, I know, though. that is true. Read older, old school captains that I uh, served with would have torn anyone a new one if they had been caught in their chair. So, hmm. Lieutenant, non-president, Frederick Roy. <laughs> Frederick, thank you for writing in. Thank you so much. Um, and now we have a message from our uh, very own, um, I would say, Lieutenant Commander. Uh, Matt would say Lieutenant of, uh, and also our ship statistician, Brad Arrington. Hey, guys. Brad Arrington. Just finished listening to Cupid. Uh, you're right. It was not a good episode. And uh, to quote In Living Color... Hated it. Yeah. Uh, for the Andes and the NPCs, um, uh, one, uh, one is actually not the lowest uh, ranking. Uh, you guys decided that Shades of Grey was so terrible, you went to zero. Oh. Uh, so if you want to move your rating down, uh, that's totally fine. I'll update the charts. Uh, and that is also totally fine to give no MVC. Um, you guys have done it once before in season two and ironically that was for q who uh you guys decided <laughs> nobody did anything there so she gave no mvc so yeah, i guess the q uh, ones let's rescind Cupid, there's no mvc all right i think one, i think that's correct 100 percent. let's not do it i will no say mvc last week we got a, a number of hails that said uh, that uh cupid defenders Riker. No, well of course yes a lot of people were mad at us because they were like i have great affection for this even though it's we, bad uh, we totally understand that yeah so there's that guys we get it like there's a lot of fun moments in it for people who enjoy star trek but i just you know from a pure the way we've been grading these on uh 
on the show. It just felt like there was no story and nothing really happened. And some of it was very out of character for people. So there was no character development. So nobody know. seemed to dispute any of our points. Yeah, <laughs> right. just, they disliked it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they also said in regards to the MVC that uh, Riker um, uh, made a decision on his own to bring everybody to the castle in disguise. That's true. So that That's was true. also valid. However, my question was, did that really make that much difference? I guess they kind of caused enough distraction to fight everybody. I mean, they probably wouldn't have been able to do anything had the they not segregated the ladies to uh, plants, plant pots. Right. They're <laughs> deadly plant pots. Um, the next uh, hail is from Adam Rogers, um, who says to us, uh, I think we're missing the real reason why Beverly is suddenly able to perform her duties as a full-fledged grown-up doctor, and it has to do with another of Andy's theories. Have we forgotten that she's suddenly smarter now that her sociopathic son is gone? I think Wes was drugging her to keep her compliant while he was there. That's a great theory. It's such a great theory, and now that he's there, she's gone back to full capacity. I I don't know. What do you think this should be? Because it's not an Andy's. Is it under the heading of Andy's theories? But it's it has to have an amendment that it's someone else's theory. Because I would like to. This is a Fandy's theory. Oh, Fandy's theory. Nice. <laughs> nice quick branding, pal. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, good job, Adam Rogers. I think that's a great one. I still like the idea that she's a clone is an alternate theory, but this one definitely fits in the. Uh, in the Andyverse of theories, I mean, uh, much neatly, much more neatly. It doesn't. You, so you don't care for my theory that while she was gone, she actually went to medical school. Eh, too easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we have a uh, prime corrective. Love it. Time for a I mean, I don't really love being corrected, <laughs> but I love that it's happening. It's <laughs> um, I think you're going to maybe dispute this one also. It seems like it might. Well, I'll, I'll just read it. You Someone bothered yourself. to write in. There's a good chance it's correct. It's uh, Joseph Parks uh, who writes us, or Joe Parks, who writes us, last week Matt vehemently rejected the idea that Federation cultures might seek to uh, advance their technology during interactions with advanced species. Since I don't have any evidence of the contrary, I won't attempt to argue, but I instead I'd ask Matt to explain how he imagines this dynamic works. In the universe, is there some unspoken reverse prime directive limiting interactions with more advanced cultures? If the warp barrier is a technological floor, is there some technological ceiling that Starfleet members can't ask questions about? When new species break the warp barrier to get uh, to interact with Federation members, do the Federation scientists have to answer all the questions with warmer, warmer, until the new culture makes further scientific breakthroughs? This seems dumb. My main hope in rekindling this debate is that the discussion that follows... Uh, leads to an exclamatory secunda. I doubt it will, Joe, because I don't have a, a um, I don't have a shuttle in this race. Um, it's really not a prime directive. Now that I read it, a prime corrective. It's more of a, of a, of a question. That's fair. Um, I... But it's a valid. It's an interesting point. Just for the record, uh, just so we're, we're all clear, yeah, my brain's operating at a capacity of forty percent right now. So, <laughs> so sometimes Jordy would be all over that. I want to be more articulate with the points, but they, we'll see what happens today. Um, I think. Look, it's, I think. It, I think the whole the whole thing is like 
if there is, like, as you say, the floor, right, for interacting with the Federation is warp drive. So the floor for other species to be interacting with other species, who knows what that is? Right. It's a technology that we have yet to uh, master. We, by meaning the Federation. It kind of, my point last, last time we discussed this is sort of raised both in both directions here. Uh, and it's interesting because we usually don't see the Federation. Well, I guess we do. But w- when we see the Federation interacting with more advanced species, what are they getting technology-wise from them? And the primitive species, species that make first contact, don't they now have the power to go out in the world and, you know, exponentially well, advance to the point where maybe they're not ready to? You know, it's the whole Kelvin verse, right? Of this might get a little too nerdy for everybody, but um, this podcast. <laughs> well, for you, you might glaze over. Um, you know, the Kelvin timeline in Star Trek, the motion, the the tel- the movies, the Chris Pine JJ verse. Sure, uh, it's called the Kelvin timeline, right? So everything was prime up until the uh, USS Kelvin was attacked by the Romulan ship that made the incursion into the past. Uh-huh. And the idea being that all of the sensor data that was collected off of the uh, Kelvin for the sensor readings that were s- scanning the Romulan ship, the advanced Romulan ship that came from 120 years in the future, uh-huh. Uh, it was all of those advanced uh, scanning and readings that led to fancier-looking enterprise, fancier-looking technology, see. so on and so forth. So they will, like, you know, you know, they'll try to figure out what they can from their own sensor logs. Right. But, you know, whether or not a, a, a very, very advanced species is going to... Give, be, be very forthcoming with that information is is uh, I don't know I don't know that we see it or have seen it yeah that is that is the question is like what is the general what's the floor? ethic of of sharing technology because I would assume most of these we certainly see the Federation interacting with with uh, a number of planets and races that seem to be easily 20 to 100 years behind them so mm-hmm. uh, how does it work and uh, you guys can debate it amongst yourselves and tell us what you come up with. Uh, that is the hails, my friend. Um, and, uh, oh, here, uh, before I get out of that, um, if, uh, if you have, uh, if you'd like to tweet the uh, gentleman across from me, he's at Matt Myra, or his, it's also his Instagram. My Instagram is at uh, Andrew Secunda. My Twitter, man, my mouth is really operating at 20% itself oh, today. Oh, no. Um, it's worse than my brain. I'm at Secunda. And then Jeff Mullins has also given us a very polished and professional rundown of the rest of our uh, contact information. And here it is. Follow Star Trek The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC wow. and join the face group. That's nice, huh? <laughs> Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone. It's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy, send it wow. to 
Andrew yeah, it's, Secunda, it's much longer when I hear somebody else read it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm wowing at how professional send it is. an email to yeah, let them nice. know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the president circle for $17.01 per month. That's it. This wow. Is- this is what the podcast would sound like if I wasn't on it, guys. No, people have heard me on other podcasts. Yeah. It sounds about create, like this. Create your own mess. Yeah. Uh, that was fantastic. That was so professional. Hailing frequencies closed, sir. Andy, we have closed the hailing frequencies. We sure have. In under 30 minutes. But with the intro and um, the... Uh, Ripley's ad, we will be past 30-minute mark on the, you know. I wonder what we're average. Don't ask. Someone will answer. I, I bet his name is Lieutenant Commander Brad Arrington. And thank you, Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins, for uh, for that beautiful contact information. <laughs> um... Do you want me to remind you what the... Sorry, I'm replying to a work email. <laughs> what is going on? Matt, there are thousands of people who may someday listen to this podcast in the future <laughs> who are listening to this. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they're all wonderful people that I can't... Uh, I guess I should take the responsibility for not vamping. Uh, I thought you were pulling up a No, a I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, I, uh, yeah. Guys, uh... Go to the Instagram in the meantime and uh, and dig into the past. A lot of people have uh, given me a flack because uh, there are all sorts of algorithms that stop all of you from seeing everything in order on your feed. Um, so I would encourage you, go to the feed itself at Star Trek TNC and see all the beautiful things that uh, that our, our friends have, uh, have supplied me to put up. I've had the keys for a week and I have done nothing with it. Yeah. So, you know, maybe all this uh, berating of Andy I was doing over the last, <laughs> I don't know, two years was uh, not cool. Not cool, everybody. This is the greatest admission I've ever received on this guys podcast. Guys got other uh, stuff to do, and sometimes this uh, the Instagram for the podcast he uh, does it slips to the back of his brain. It's not that he doesn't love you guys. It's just that he has other things that are more pressing in front of him. And if he had the time, he'd probably be posting every week. But, you know, Andy's a busy guy, and uh, this is on me, everybody. I ate a lot of donuts. <laughs> when? Um, I ate some donuts this week. I also went to Burgers Never Say Die. If you're ever out here, please do. Check it out. So good. Matt, you haven't had it yet, have you? No. i got to take you over there. It's the Smash Burgers. They're so crispy and tasty. Really good. Hang on, I'm writing something about smash cutting and covering with VO. Oh, he's doing more. Um, what else can I talk about? If you want to hit baby baby, I can get through the uh, the stain track. Yeah, you got it, pal. That I can do for you. No problem. And I'm telling you why I'm doing it. Because this episode of Star Trek The Next Generation aired April 29th, 1991. That's true. And Baby Baby by Amy Grant was number one on the charts. In the UK, uh, The One and Only by Chesney Hawks, still on top. 
Uh, Moving Pictures by Amy McGraw was a bestseller. And Oscar, starring Sylvester Stallone, debuted at number one at the box office. Oscar, was that the one where he was... Uh, Isn't that the one where he's like in a casual silk suit and has glasses on? Am I, I, am I thinking of the right one? I think... You're, are you thinking of Rhinestone? No. Uh, he's He was a like a mobster in Oscar. Yes, but he was like in a silk suit for it. Yes. Yeah. He's I, in a what black, I remember the most is suit. his silk suit. But I, what am I thinking of that has I'm him I'm shocked that that was ever number one. My perspective was that that was a massive failure. Well, it probably... Ooh, it was directed by John Landis. I wonder if there's anything good in that. <laughs> I'm curious to see that movie now. <laughs> anyway... Um, that's the movies. Uh, category five: Tropical cyclones stuck the southeastern coastline of Bangladesh, killing over. Oh Jesus! What a downer! Killing over one hundred thirty thousand and leaving as oh many as God. ten million homeless. Jesus! Oh, it's so terrible. Um, um, Starbucks opened its first California outlet store. Cool. <laughs> that kind of picks it to a more upbeat uh, tone, huh? Space Shuttle Discovery, Matt, lifted off in STS-39. Its week-long mission was to study instruments related to the Strategic Defense Initiative, or Star Wars. Um, Time Magazine's cover featured a fiery image of a nuclear power plant with the caption, Nuclear power, do we have a choice? Apparently we did. Amy Grant, just singing her heart out. All right, Andy. For Jesus. Thank you, and thank you to Matthew Kirk, our historian, for telling us what was going on and putting it in context. Here is the drumhead, ladies and gentlemen. This episode uh, was directed by Jonathan Frakes. Stay tuned. Frakesy. We'll be calling Jonathan in about a half an hour. Uh, Written by Jerry Taylor. And this is uh, how she goes. An explosion in the Enterprise's dilithium chamber begins a trail of intrigue that leads Worf to suspect a Klingon exchange officer noted... uh, Oh, I read that sentence with completely the wrong inflection because that was the end of it. Uh, Noted investigator Admiral Nora Satie comes out of retirement to help conduct a probe in the incident. The Klingon, Jadan, admits to smuggling plans to the Romulans but denies any role in the explosion. Satie's betazoid aide, Sabin... Sabin, Sabin, Subin, who knows, we'll find out. Senses, he's telling the truth. The Admiral begins to hunt for co-conspirators. During the investigation, uh, Sabin senses that medtech Simon Tarsus is lying about some part of his testimony. Even after the explosion, it is found... Uh, even after the explosion has been... has, Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to take this sentence one more time. Three, two, and me. Even after the explosion is found to have been an accident, Satie bullies Tarsus into admitting a forebear was Romulan, not Vulcan, as he once sworn. Picard, uncomfortable with Satie's tactic, tactics, meets with Tarsus to confirm the man's innocence, and then the captain openly challenges Satie. She vows to bring him down before visiting Starfleet Admiral Henry. Picard's reluctance to participate any further in Satie's hearings leads her to question him as a possible traitor. 
When Picard uses her famous father's words to rebut her charges, she begins a groundless tirade, accusing him of violating the Prime Directive. Her rage shocks everyone in the room, disgusts Admiral Henry, and breaks up the witch hunt at last. Nice. There you go. And since we are in the neighborhood of starting to talk about this episode, we might as well start to talk about this episode. Here we go. Captain's Log, Stardate 44769.2. For some weeks, we have had a Klingon exobiologist on board as part of a scientific exchange program. Unfortunately, we suspect that he was involved in a security breach and in the possible sabotage of our warp drive. All right, we're already off to a better start than last week, which was archaeology conference is coming. I'm working real hard on my speech. Yeah. <laughs> that plays in no way to the episode. <laughs> Already in the plot. So here we go. Off the off the bat, we've got uh, a room we've never seen before. Apparently, which looks like a redress. This this is a redress. This this is the computer. Remember the computer core, Andy? I think there was some some mention of uh, this being a prior bridge. This set that was redressed. Oh, that would make a little bit of sense with the elevated platform. That's that they're sitting on in a chair. That, by the way, I love that in the future, Andy. Yeah. You can take a gander here on the screen. I'm pointing so you can see it. Uh, chair technology, office chair technology. Stay <laughs> the same. Not advanced <laughs> at all. Still using a piston that is full of, full of hydraulic fluid and uh, operated by hand. So this is a really good point. <laughs> if you're ever thinking about making some money in the future, it can't be perfected. It can't. This is it. <laughs> Look, it goes up and down. That's a real mark of when they should make first contact when they advance past regular chair technology. Maybe that's the floor for advanced species. <laughs> it's chair technology. Sure. 44758. I didn't. Yes, you did from computer 12B9, deck 36. The computer logged in your identification from your communicator. It must be a mistake. Jadan, we have confirmed reports that schematic drawings of our dilithium chamber fell into Romulan hands. One week later. I know nothing about it. I suppose you know nothing about the explosion that disabled the warp drive approximately the same time. No, I was not involved. You accuse me because I am Klingon. Our chief of security is Klingon. That has nothing to do with it. Hmm. I don't know if that's the best argument, to answer to that argument. Well, they're, he's saying that they're racist. I know. And then she's like, but, but we're not. Cause look, we got this guy. <laughs> Isn't that a valid? Uh, uh, what what's it feels the, a little gross. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I, I'm friends with the Klingon. Yeah, that's, yeah, right. like, I get now. it. Yeah, send me home then if you are so distrusting. We've already contacted the Klingon High Council. You'll be returned home as soon as we finish our investigation. I have nothing more to say. Very well. Worf, accompany the lieutenant to his quarters. Worf, shooting him a look. May I fire phasers later? <laughs> if you want, Worf. What do you think? It's hard to tell. He's very closed. But he is hiding something. That's frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> it's that is classic I mean, this, this, writing for Troy right there. The look of Frakes right there is saying, Why That's are you even it? here? That is it? That's all you're going to give me? <laughs> Can you... 
go help a school child on board process <laughs> the loss of his pet. <laughs> on the Klingon home world, your name is not mentioned. It is as though you never existed. You must contact a publicist. Terrible burden for a warrior to bear. To become nothing. To be without honor. Without the chance for glory. I have friends. It's, it's when he gets into the uh, into the room, but it's a weird move that Worf makes. And I know why he makes it, because then he sort of, you know... He, he bashes him in the face from behind, which is just really cool looking. <laughs> but it seems like he puts himself in a very, a very uh, risky position by walking in front of him. I think this guy is a scientist. So Worf is like, you can do whatever can, you want I can to take me. this I can guy take down. You. You're not yeah. a warrior. All right. You just like science. Powerful he's friend of the home world. Talking like he's into talk glory. It might help to restore your name. If you could just take me to a shuttlecraft. And then not use a tractor beam or phasers. <laughs> Look, it's, 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 actually, it's a lot. I'm asking. You, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Distract everyone on the bridge. Look, it's it, here's what here's my okay. I'm re- revising my plan. First, give me a shuttlecraft. Then go up to the bridge. Talk about what was happening in your day, and then fake a heart but attack. Make it really interesting. Yeah. Uh, also, go, oh, one of my several hearts. Oh no! Everyone, look away from the screen. You're right. That's a stupid plan. Okay. okay here's stop, what we'll do. <laughs> I want you to face the cameras forward, and I'll leave from the shuttle bay in the back, and no one will ever see. Okay, I, I've got a bigger also, ask. Also, I need you to block the windows of everyone else. Get in touch with the Romulans, <laughs> and I want you to arrange somehow for me to get back to the Romulan homeworld. I don't want you to read too much into this. Are you familiar with cloaking devices? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, hit in the face there, as uh, as Andy described. and uh, then we're in- So, how does... I was a little confused that Worf has this information about how he what he was really up to but then Riker and and Troyer sort of seem to not have the information oh I think Worf has just jumped to a conclusion he's just decided this yeah. is what this guy was up to yeah yeah. which seems very Worf like you know sure alright here we go retired Admiral Nora Satie which I guess fits yikes which fits it's thematically right that Worf Satie, is already whose investigation exposed the, the alien conspiracy against jump to conclusions uh, character. Yeah, it's very interesting in the. Um, it's a really well done, well crafted uh, setup retelling of Arthur Miller's play, The Crucible. The Crucible, <laughs> which is ever is arriving a, uh, an allegory, allegory for, for the McCarthy hearings. For the McCarthy hearings. Buddy. It's interesting that you you went through Arthur Miller as the reference point. Hi, Bo. Bo came over and gave me a lick on the arm. Guess what, everybody? The podcast is going to get more distracted because Bo is here. Shake it off. Shake all your dirt onto me. Bo, I really expected you to be here at like five, but here you are. Hi, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hi, Dory. Hi, space dog. That's your Bo update, everybody. Dory says he she was in West Hollywood, so she picked up Bo. Oh, you eggheads. You must be going crazy right now. Frederick Roy, <laughs> I know you're listening. Christopher <laughs> Fanaghi, what up? It was Dory. She brought in Bo. Diane Martin, hey, hey. <laughs> um. Anyways. Here we go. 
Andy, I, I thought uh, Bruce French, who plays the Betazoid, Zed, Jesus Christ, who knows? Uh, he calls him Betazoid in this. Would strike your, would tickle, would tickle your fancy? <laughs> <laughs> would tickle your uh, claim to fame. Because oh, I, feel, really? I feel like I've seen him in a bunch of stuff oh, and I can't. You know what? It. I didn't even look yeah, it up. Let me check it out. Admiral Satie, welcome aboard the Enterprise. Delighted to be here. I managed to acquire my former staff, my aide, Sabin Genestra from Beta Z, and my assistant, Nellan Tor from Delve 2. This is my Those are the most made up of made up names. <laughs> May I show you to your quarters? Captain, if Starfleet Command was so concerned with your report, they brought me out of retirement. This I think I should get right to work. Gene Simmons of the original um, movie version of Guys and Dolls. Uh, also bass player for Kiss. That's right. <laughs> She's very versatile. Commander Riker, will you see to the Admiral's staff? First, I'd like to inspect the damage to your end. Not staff number one, stuff. <laughs> My computer is all frozen, so I'm having trouble coming up with... With what you know him from? Yeah. Well, guess what, Andy? I can I can take a gander. Okay. Let's see what we got over here. Let's see. House Voyager. It's an airplane, the Waltons. Too. Matlock. Fletch. A-Team. Who would he be in Fletch? Who would he be in Fletch? I don't know. That's really up to Andy to figure out if it's a claim to fame or not. <laughs> Why is it my fault? My computer's frozen. Uh... Oh, that's the characters. This is the cast. Uh, well, Andy, I can't quite get there because uh, can't I can't I can't make the jump to hyperspace. Sure, I mean not really a thing on this, but whatever. What do you mean uh, hyperspace? Warp drive. <laughs> jump in hyperspace. This is stupid. What's going on over there, Matt? What? Well, what's the matter? Something. What are you talking about? I'm just talking to my friends. The <laughs> podcast. My friends, the podcast. Admiral Satie, this is Commander Data. He's a robot. Admiral. <laughs> He's blind. Still can't get in there. <laughs> they each got a thing, you know. <laughs> I've got my two best men on it. This is a robot. Here's my blind men. <laughs> They'll be able to suss it out. <laughs> it doesn't sound impressive, but they're real good. <laughs> Trust me. They're more than meets the eye. Sorry, Jordy. <laughs> too high to raise the isolation door. How much longer will it be? At the rate the levels are decreasing, we will gain entry in 49 hours, Captain. Maybe the Admiral would like to see the visual log of the explosion. Yes. Why don't we send Data in there to look at it? You know, because he's an android? No, I guess not. Okay. This was logged four days ago at 0300 hours. That feels like that would be much more catastrophic of a thing to happen to that engine. It's what that was. I was curious about that. They really sort of write it off, and it sounds like it's like insane. It's all these these giant shielding mechanisms came down. It's the confinement field was activated, and the isolation doors came down. No one was killed, but I have two people in sick bay from radiation burns. Have you been able to make any assessments? I think they'll make it. Oh, uh, this articulation frame collapsed. The schematics that were stolen from the Enterprise, I believe some involve the articulation frame of the dilithium chamber. That's one reason we tend to suspect sabotage. Other evidence lends credence to that theory, Captain. 
A review of the sensor logs indicates that every system's reading was well within normal parameters until 52 milliseconds before the explosion. We haven't found anything that suggests there was a malfunction anywhere along the line. Captain, I think I'm going to need a full briefing before we go any further. By all means, Admiral. Commander Data, LaForge, I don't envy you your job. Good luck. That's a weird line. I agree. Um, feels like it's leading. By the way, I looked up all of his credits, and uh, even though he's been in every major show uh, that we would have seen and in many other Star Trek properties, uh, he has no Secunda claim to fame as far oh, as I'm concerned. Buddy. I really thought he would do it. Sorry. Although he was in Gilmore Girls with Biff Yeager. Oh, my God. Maybe that's it. Is that how you know? I don't know. This laughter from my wife is really She's not helping me. Really? It's, it, does it disturb you when your wife I is I mean, it's really just yourself? like she knows we're podcasting, Andy. It's just... I do not shut down her happiness. Let her be happy. <laughs> Fine. Got a very disturbing overtones in the idea of a Klingon providing information to the Romulans. Are you aware of any other Klingon-Romulan connection that Starfleet might have encountered recently? Maybe a shared playlist or, uh, you know, an iTunes account. Can't let them get access to it. This looks like coffee he's drinking. I think he's. I think he is drinking coffee, and I think it's probably because, like, it's the Admiral's. She's, he's giving her, looks like, a coffee, right? No, that hers is light tea-ish. His, is uh, his looks like... Uh, well, he always drinks tea Earl Grey hot. It, it's, well it's, it doesn't put dark. anything in it. I see. So it's just already been stewed. It's ready to go. It has no Andy. color. Where is regular Andy? What do you mean? Regular Andy is not tea blind. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Add it to the list. <laughs> New favorite thing to do. Make Andy blind to things. Somebody made me made a joke about something, about me being blind to something. And it was very funny, but I don't remember what was it was. Was it me yesterday? What was it? I forget, but it was in the room. Like I think it was like three or four different things. I was like in the span of like 12 minutes. It was like three things that I was saying. You were that. You were blind to that. You were name blind. You were. Uh, I am name blind. That oh much boy. is true. Concentrate on is the business at hand. Come. Excuse me, Captain. I did not know that. Oh, please, Mr. Wolf, come in. I particularly want my guest to meet you, Admiral Satie. This is my head of security, Lieutenant Wolf. Captain, I have been pursuing the investigation of Lieutenant Jadan. I believe I know how he transferred information off the Enterprise. Well done, Lieutenant. This is Jadon's. A hypo syringe he uses to treat his Baltmazar syndrome, but this has been fitted with an optical reader, specially modified to read data from Starfleet isolinear chips. He can extract digital information from a... This is so far-fetched to me in my brain. Oh, I is it? Even, I feel I like this was good sci-fi. I, I mean, I guess it is. I feel like it's, it was sort of an interesting thing of like, how would you be a saboteur in the future or a spy? Treat interesting. syndrome, but this has been fitted with an optical reader, specially modified to read data from Starfleet isolinear chips. He can extract digital <laughs> from a Picard does look confused <laughs> in the form of amino acid sequences and transfer those sequences into a fluid in the syringe. Do you think that was all ADR? Because that's a fucking jumble to get out. Yeah, and I feel like it was a twenty-five take day. Could be on that line. We'll have to ask Frakes. Yeah, put that down as a thing to ask. I'm sure that's one of the things you won't remember. Dear Jonathan, 
It's um, been some time since Andy and I have talked about you to you. <laughs> Would you care to tell us if Dorn was good at reading those lines that day? <laughs> and by read, I mean memorize. I found the uh, face blindness uh, joke. It was, oh, here, let me uh, just uh, do the uh, incoming. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he tees it up. And then he decides it's going it to be a segment that he didn't have. He didn't. Captain, incoming message. <laughs> it's from the face group. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's from Richard Santiago. And uh, he said, uh, Secunda's, quote, face blindness equals Troy's, quote, abilities. <laughs> That's very, <laughs> a right very on target. Funny. <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, there you go. That's a good one. All right. Even without their knowledge. Or perhaps with their knowledge. The information would be carried in their bloodstream in the form of inert proteins. The body itself becomes a conveyor of top secret files. Lieutenant Worf, when we confront Jadan, I want you to conduct the interrogation. I would be honored. Captain, Admiral. Captain, I predict that officer will be extremely valuable in this investigation. Um, cool. What else are we predicting? She's saying a lot of odd... <laughs> We get a lot of big proclamations about. I, I predict this is it. It's going to be very hard for you to do this. I predict that boy is going to be very helpful. It's just like let's move on. <laughs> just do the next thing. I have tracked the movements of every person who has left the Enterprise since you have been here. I traced one Tarkanian diplomat as far as the Crucis system, where he disappeared and has not been seen since. That proves nothing. A hypo syringe was discovered in your quarters. I take injections. Everyone knows that. But your injections do. <laughs> no, 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 we don't. <laughs> Why would we all know what you need for your medical? Everyone knows that about me. Everyone knows that's my thing. I take injections. I take injections, and I refuse to wear weird Klingon sashes. I'm a science Klingon. <laughs> We're different. Include an optical chip reader. This device has but one function. To transform computer information into biological sequences. The blood of all Klingons has become water. Since the Federation Alliance, we have turned into a nation of mewling babies. The Romulans are strong. They are worthy allies. They do not turn Klingons into weaklings like you. Lieutenant... good writing there. How did you damage the dilithium chamber? I had nothing to do with that. You mean it was sheer coincidence that it was sabotaged after you gave the plans for the design to the Romulans? I do not know. I had nothing to do with it. You've admitted your crime. Why lie now? I am not lying. Mr. Wolf, you may have him confined. To our shuttle, sir? Oh, I should have been specific. <laughs> there he goes. He wanted to go to the shuttle. I mean, all right. I was like, it's a small space. I guess that is following captain's orders. Why he talks like that, I don't know. Canadian, Canadian war. He admits stealing the files, but not sabotaging the dilithium chamber. I get no sense that he's lying. 
But if you're right, someone else may be involved. I think, Captain, you have a bigger problem on your ship than just one Klingon exchange officer. I predict it is now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. I've seen this before. A specter of conspiracy on a starship is a frightening one. I can scarcely believe it myself. But I am so These two are tea crazy. This is a really, this is a parade of tea, this episode. I think there are like four scenes with people drinking tea. I think you got to do what you got to do with the bottle episode, you know? (laughs) Is the bottle filled with tea? Yeah. Starfleet can help us. It's you. Some of that tea has milk. It's you. Captain. It's you is exactly how we'd say issue. I know. Weird. He said, is you. Oh, is you. Conspiracy runs deep. I find myself changing my mind about you. In what way? I found you unattractive because you're bald. Starfleet ordered me here. But the way you drink tea. It was with the express command that we work together on this problem as equals. My father taught me to avoid partnerships. Most of them are woefully lopsided. That sounds like Judge Aaron Satie. You knew my father? Only from his writings. His judgments were required reading at the academy. He was an extraordinary man. Every night at the dinner table, he would pose a question for debate. My big brothers and I would wrangle it around. Oh my God, what a terrible house to grow up into. (laughs) I mean, it's very much like Thanos making Nebula fight. uh, (laughs) Totally. What's her face? I don't know. The lady from Dark Zoe Saldana. <laughs> Isn't Nebula Karen Gillan? Oh, you're right. Yes. And Zoe Saldana's character, I don't remember the name of. Do you want me to look Everyone will write in and tell us that name, unless Andy can immediately find it. Nebula. <clears throat> and... <laughs> uh, shit. Gamora. And, uh, Gamora. Jesus. I'm a terrible Google. <sighs> boy, oh boy. That's not true. You did Google something a couple weeks ago that I was just like, how the fuck did you find an answer for that? It Thank was an ungoogleable thing. I thought. I and yet, he finally, he figured it out. If only either of us could remember what it was. Nope. Well, credit where credit is almost due. <laughs> have to learn brevity. But he wouldn't let us leave until he thought we'd completely explored the issue. I'm willing to wager that you trounce your brothers during those debates. <laughs> More than once. Twice, actually. <laughs> the rest of the time it was very trying. Uh, Here's a bottle episode theme. I was looking for an old one, but I don't know if this is a good one. <laughs> Let's see. It's a bottle episode. Oh, this was a bad one. Hey, hey, it was effort. It's a bottle episode, baby. Come and come and watch it with us now. That's from Ryan now. It's a really professional one, but I don't know where it is. Sorry. Yes. There are some who believe he betrayed your people to the Romulans. What he did or did not do is no one's concern but my own. Of course. I only meant before I saw you in action, I naturally considered you to be a possible security risk. But I want you to know you have the admirals in my complete confidence. You have nothing to prove to us. 
If there is a conspiracy on board, I promise you, I will find it. Good. You know the ship, you know the personnel. You know exactly what we're up against. We're counting on you, Lieutenant. Oh, thank you. I will arrange no one ever said that to me. To begin. Oh, everybody always says no to me, usually. And how often did Lieutenant Jadan come in for his injections? About once a week. Did you administer them yourself? No. Well, who did? I had one of my assistants do that. Did you ever hear him say anything, anything that may have seemed innocent at the time that might now shed some light on this investigation? No, nothing. In fact, he rarely spoke at all. Thank you, Dr. Crusher. We appreciate your time. You're excused. Mr. Warhol, will you bring in the next person? I find the whole concept here. Yes. The Romulan versus Klingon versus Vulcan blood situation. I mean, I suppose that's not something anyone would look for until they were looking for it, but that seems like a secret in the future when you're in the field of medicine that might be harder to keep than some may think. What with transporter signatures, uh, DNA fragmentation, so true, et cetera, et cetera. But how did he even keep it from? Does he say how he kept it from the from sick bay? I, I don't know that he would even have to, is the thing. I don't know. I, I, that, they this, must have a basic, you know, basic medical information about each person. Yeah, basic medical history that would probably ask the same thing. So I guess if he's always just saying uh, Vulcan, 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 then no one knows or cares. Mm. I don't know. What does he think? Does this guy think, Tarsus here, does he think that his um, he's on trial... Um, specifically for this issue of of having lied in his academy entrance exam? <laughs> That's a good question. I'm not sure how much the... I think it's all closed until they bring all the people in. So probably nobody knows this trial is happening until then. Mm. So he has no Simon idea. Simon Tarsus, crewman first class, medical technician. Now I assure you, Mr. Tarsus, this is an informal inquiry. I've not actually a- not got any pants on. I'm wearing. You could have dressed far more casually than you're dressed I'm now. I'm wearing swim trunks from Risa. you of anything. However, if you would like counsel, it can be provided. No, sir. I have nothing to hide. This guy Tell also me, thought I knew from something, but I couldn't come up with anything that Since was of note. Star date four three five eight seven. Mr. Tarsus, your re- Spencer Garrett, uh, Doctor Quinn, Bosch. Oh, you Burn should know from that. Jag, Sports Night, Voyager. Oh, maybe I know him from Voyager. Iron Man Three. Iron Man Three. Who is he in Iron Man Three? I don't know. What am I? His biographer. Well, it says Iron Man Three. Yeah. So now I click on it, and now I'm on an IMDb page. Now, now I'm on an Amazon page telling me to watch Iron Man Three. I have failed at this. I definitely know him from something. <laughs> something big. <laughs> I did my own did sound. You, sound really? Yeah. That was. I honest to God. Looking at you, I know. I turned. I was to you. not doing a bit. No, no. I, I, said, turned, yeah. I turned to you, yeah. thinking I would see you with playing your mouth it. closed <laughs> because you were playing. I thought you would be playing this out. That was so weird. I've gotten a time loop. Your in, your fucking inflection was exactly the same. Yeah, that was impressive. Good ADR, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> That's right. Then you are human. Largely. My paternal grandfather was Vulcan. Yes, I see that. 
Tell me, that seems uh, super questionable. Uh, <laughs> yes, I see that. Uh, Satie, uh, <laughs> word, please. <laughs> not cool. You know, we're not supposed to just say <laughs> things like that. <laughs> really it was a gross. Um, he, I mean, there's no relationship. He just came in for his injections. Did you give him those injections? Sometimes. There were several of us, actually. I, I might have I've done it twice. Did he ever make any comments that might, in retrospect, be suspicious? Not really. He hardly ever talked. Although he did once say, I predict something is afoot. <laughs> did you ever see him? <laughs> Seemed very suspicious and weird. Once or twice in 10 forward with a group of people. But I never had a conversation with him. Thank you, Mr. Tarsus. I don't think there's need for more, Captain. You're excused, Crewman. Mr. Wolf? Wait. He's lying. <laughs> uh, that's a betazoid. Convenient betazoids. He's desperately frightened. He's covering something. It's clear that he's frightened. But that's hardly an indication. It's more than that. He wasn't truthful. He's covering a lie. One so big it's overwhelming him. I think we found the man. Or he's in love with one of us. <laughs> or he really had a huge cheat day. Admiral. I have to tell you, you must not expect me to permit any action against Mr. Tarsus solely on the basis of Betazoid intuition. Sabin has uncanny instincts. I've learned to trust them. I'm not happy about this use of a betazoid. I've put away hundreds of people with questionable evidence. Surely you're aware of the advantages. But there is a difference between a counselor and an investigator. Are you saying you never use your counselor during interrogations? This is interesting. Yes, I do. But I would not act solely on the basis of her instinct. Nor do I. But you're asking... You're asking me to restrict Mr. Tarsi's movement solely on the basis of Sabin's feeling. If Counselor Troy suggested to you that someone on this ship were dangerous, would you not act on that? Observe him? Curb his activity? Yes, I admit I probably would. And perhaps I should reevaluate that behavior. Oh, nonsense. Let's keep our priorities straight. The important thing is to uncover the conspiracy on this ship and to prevent further damage. Now, if Tarsus is a possible saboteur, you cannot allow him access to sensitive areas of this ship. And I strongly suggest continuous surveillance. If we had clear evidence... We will have clear evidence. Sabin and Lieutenant Worf are continuing to investigate but if you don't act until then, it may be too late. Wait, if you don't act until there's evidence, it'll be too late. Oh, it's a boy, oh boy, Patrick Stewart. I mean, Captain Picard, you really should. While think you're being so generous, is a foot here. Sure, she's great in this. I think she's the worst actress I've ever seen in my life. Interesting. This is a difference of opinion here. Way to go, Andy. 
You think she's terrible? No, you were on board with the bit, no. and I was surprised by you being so on board with the bit. Like, no, I didn't understand that. Uh, I was like, well, I can't even, I can't even continue with the bit because, well, course she's the good. reason I was, the reason I was, I was, I accepted the possibility is because she is extremely theatrical, and so you could read yeah, that as plays, broad, or plays, you could read it as um, for the role. I think it plays perfect. Yeah, it's perfect, especially with someone who was forced to uh, sit for hours at the dinner table until every avenue had been explored in their debates <laughs> that's true that she would always be grandstanding at every opportunity <laughs> that's probably why she keeps saying things like you're later you're going to be important to this she's like she comes from a house where everybody was constantly i will doing circle something. back to this later <laughs> you give a saboteur a chance to strike again last time it was just a hatch cover what if next time it's more serious? What if lives are lost? Can you afford not to act? Engineering to Captain Picard. Yes, Miss LaForge. Captain, could you come to engineering right away? We've got something interesting to show you. We'll be right there. Did you know that Data can do this? <laughs> <laughs> Standing, he's hopping on one foot. <laughs> he's doing the uh, the bishop uh, uh, knife trick in Aliens. <laughs> oh, you've never seen Aliens. Oh, I know the trick. Right. It's the... Um, Five finger, or yeah, something. The the yeah, that uh, you know, you can play that in uh, Red Dead. Gotta watch Aliens. I know. That was the sound of it hitting the table. Everybody, it was. This has been your Red Dead minute. This has been your uh, Foley artist expert. Andy, also a Foley artist. <laughs> hatch mounting, the blast pattern from the explosion. We did mass spectrometer readings of the residue for chemical content, sifted through the debris for bomb fragments. What did you find? This is the frame for the hatch. It ruptured right along here. And when we take a reading of that spot... See? I'm afraid I'm out of my element, Commander. You'll have to interpret for me. There are sub-micron fractures in the metal casing. That's right. A breakdown of the atomic cohesive structure. Yes, and what caused them? Those fractures suggest nothing more than simple neutron fatigue. I would speculate that when the engine was last inspected at McKinley Station, the hatch casing was replaced with one which had an undetectable defect. Somebody gonna lose their job. Our investigation must be that the explosion was not intentional. But a That's mere It wasn't sabotage at all. It was nothing more than an accident. An accident? I find that hard to believe. <laughs> all right. Well, my chief engineer and my android <laughs> must be wrong about this. The Betazoid knows all. My crew say there was no sabotage. You can be sure there was none. Let us keep our perspective, gentlemen. Uh, just because there was no sabotage doesn't mean there isn't a conspiracy on this ship. We do have a confessed spy. And he had confederates. Do we know that for sure? Of course he did. Do you think Jadan could have come on board the flagship of the Federation and accomplish what he did without help from within? Yeah, I do. Agreed would be difficult. Well, it's... He accepts not impossible. Weird. We should continue to investigate Tarsus. He was hiding something. Captain Picard, Lieutenant Worf and I have been working well together. I suggest we continue, if for no other purpose than to determine Tarsus's innocence. We're both highly suspicious people. Let me remind you, he is innocent until he is proved guilty. Of course he is. 
What Sabin is saying is that he and Lieutenant Worf would like to establish his innocence unequivocally for his own sake. Very well. But let us put this to rest as quickly as possible. Such a nice light touch by Patrick Stewart. He keeps adding these tiny little smiles to his interactions with her like, okay, she's being chill here. I'm going to smooth it over and have this be nice. It's such a beautiful slow build. It's really one of the best episodes of Next Generation I've I've witnessed. Uh, Andy. Yes. I can't argue with you. This side character that's her second non-Bazoid is hilarious. Just constantly like drifting around the background, shooting sarcastic looks. She seems to just be taking the minutes, right? Yeah. Like she seems to just be think, typing everything. I think her only purpose is to shoot uh, the stink eye at people. <laughs> Give people side eye here and there. Captain, I don't like to do anything unless I've seen the stink. Yep, okay, we can move on now. I've gotten the stink eye. Open the hearing to spectators. It isn't good to have closed door proceedings for too long. It invites rumor and speculation. Nevertheless, Admiral, I think it would be wise. Because spies and saboteurs don't like the bright lights of an open inquiry. They're like roaches scurrying for the dark corner. All right, we're also ordering sandwiches. Um, what do you. This hearing is convened on Stardate 44780. As a continuing inquiry into the activities of crewmen's, I feel like this is the this is the one leap in logic. I think in this episode, yeah, for me, uh, I feel like Picard would have shut this down right here and now. Her logic's right on the. I mean, it's it's definitely pretty. Her you know what? I think it's like it, you know. I mean, it's yeah, a it's a it's a grand jury. It's essentially like a grand jury thing, right? It's, it's, you mean he would have shut down the public trial? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think there's a little bit of a. It was where you get into a tricky area, and I think even when he finally does confront her, it gets trickier, and he he treads very lightly. As she's an admiral, he has a tremendous amount of respect retired. for. Uh huh. Is is she retired? You know, something else, Matt, that I read. Um, and I was reading ahead, and you know what? It could have been dangerous. It wasn't dangerous, but it could have been dangerous. What did you read ahead on? Why did you um, do that? I was I wasn't reading ahead, but I read information about this episode. They referred to a later episode, which was in All Good Things, which is the final episode. Yeah, um, Get out of there, buddy. Well, the only thing that don't uh, spoil one of the great finales. The only information that came out of that is they refer to the fact that Admiral Satie was the person who. Oh, maybe it was her father they were referring to gave him uh, basically was the one who recommended him to take over the enterprise it's referred to briefly i think i've shorted out matt's no i remember trying to remember the speech it's when he's in the shuttle crash is in the shuttle bay uh it's norcity yeah you're right that's interesting a fun little callback. Anyway, so that would indicate why he's maybe giving no, her no, no. a it's wider not a recommendation. Birth. It's not a recommendation. It's just the um, she issues the formal order, right, of the thing. You know, this in the ceremony of him taking command of the ship. Oh, so she didn't say Aussies. no. She didn't say hey, I'd like this big guy. Oh, I see. it was more like uh, whose turn is it for ship paperwork this week? Uh, <laughs> Satie, you got it. 
<laughs> well, or, well, then maybe that doesn't add up. But he, pr- he clearly has respect for her, so... Obvious. So uh, it's possible many, that he's many, uh, sort of like, well, uh, she's good at her job. I guess I'll, you know, back off a little. I think it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I think he would have done this. I would. Uh, I think he would have shut it down. That's okay. just me. I have assigned the council to you in the person of Commander William Riker. Thank you, sir. But I don't need protection. I have not done anything wrong. Dr. Crusher... Have you observed crewman? Um, I'm in the. I'm just observing. Hello. Um, why are you asking me? It's crazy that they're just now asking Doctor Crusher from the stands. Yeah. Well, yes, he gave him his injection. I don't know what it's I like in the future, Matt. That's so true, Andy. I think so. Perhaps in ten forward. And whom else have you observed at these occasions? I don't understand what relevance that has. It was an innocent social gathering. If it was still innocent, I like all these shots. Why do you hesitate to give us the names? Very opposing upward shots to make her look more opposing. Good job, Freights. Make against Simon Tarsus. You had better make it. Otherwise, I'm stopping this here and now. There you go. Well, I mean, you should have done it right then and there. Why? You really come down on Picard. Derelict in his duty, so I would uh, (laughs) strip him of command and give it to Riker. Mr. Tarsus. Isn't it true that you have access to the biological supplies in Sick Bay? It's part of my job, yes. Jordan used suspensions of deoxyribose to carry the encoded files he stole. Isn't it true one of your duties is to prepare these suspensions? Several technicians share that job. And isn't it true that your security clearance allows you access to all the stores and files in sick bay? Access which you can exercise at any time. Because I have access does not what mean What would you I... say if I told you there is evidence that the explosion in the engine room was caused by a corrosive chemical? One that is kept stored in sick bay. I would... Okay, here's what Riker then should do. Yeah. <laughs> Objection. I know for a fact that our chief engineer and uh, third in command... Our chief engineer and our chief operations officer have investigated this. Right. And it is not a corrosive chemical. It is... Uh, it was a defect. He should have turned it down, yeah. He should have immediately yeah, shot up shot and gone... Because uh-huh. he's also Commander Riker, who is aware of all the ship happenings. Right. This is where you get into a weird area with, I guess it makes sense because of their, their field, their field trials, which is the point of the episode. But yeah, but uh, they seem to not be very far from a star no base. Professional, by the way, uh, legal people on, on board. Seems well, like that well, would be very like, necessary. Is this like a lost piece of information we don't have? Is John, is, is William Riker also a fucking jug, a jag? Is he like, did he go to law school and then go to the Academy? He certainly they always he, stick him in this position. Had nothing to do with that. How can we believe you? How can we believe someone whom we know, we know, to be a liar? I object. There is no basis for calling Crewman Tarsus a liar. Well, Agreed. Mr. Sabin. That's not... That's, He's not coming out with the evidence, no. That's not... By the uh, way, side... Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Side note. Um, uh, it's amazing that the, anybody ever believed this guy was half Vulcan. He's like one of the most emotional people we've seen on this ship. <laughs> oh, it's like a quarter. It'd be a quarter Vulcan. And there is a basis which will become clear. Yeah, I feel like Vulcans need the training to suppress the emotion. Yeah, you know they don't. Uh, they don't just come out of the womb not crying. Oh, this guy! You're, you're suggesting this guy was sort of raised amongst humans, and yeah, therefore didn't get cause training because it is a grandfather only, right? Mr. Tarsus, didn't you deliberately and premeditatively lie when you filled out your personnel application and compounded that lie by repeating it to this committee? What? Isn't it true? That the paternal grandfather of whom you speak was not a Vulcan, but was in fact a Romulan. 
that it is Romulan blood you carry. <laughs> peas and, and carrots, peas and carrots. I can't wait to ask Frakes what he was saying to that guy. Oh, I think Frakes, like, you could hear him. I think oh, the sound mix, I think he said, don't answer any of these questions. Oh, gotcha. There you go. On the advice of my Thank counsel, you, I refuse to answer that question in... On advice for your counsel, you finish that sentence? No. And that the answer might serve to incriminate me. Picard does not like this. This is what it's like when the captain sits here. I'm the captain now. <laughs> I'm running the All meeting. No one start so until I start it. We don't have our own conference room. We must use the bridges. Everyone, get everyone tea. That's what he would do. Security has no place to meet. The old school friends. And make arrangements to do an encephalographic polygraph scan. Mr. War. Yes, Captain. I'm- I would have... Look, here's the deal if I was directing this. Okay. He's about to criticize Mr. Franks. Maybe it saved him a camera move. Uh-huh. This episode did come in $250,000 under budget. <laughs> I would have stood Worf up right there. And then done a... And then they both Over, the, over the shoulders. I just would have... No, just a quick, like... I would have... He would have gone Speak to... He would have gone to stand, and then Patrick Stewart would have said, No, please... Don't get up and then go on and sat down. Because I just feel like if that happens, you know, he's in the observation lounge. Yeah. Picard comes in. Worf, of all people, I feel like, would start to get up for the captain. I think that's valid. Um, you know, that's just me. That's just that's all I'm saying. Right, well, I think you should ask Freaks. You are dismissed. Do you remember this Please day of blocking as as possible. 30 years ago? I feel like you kind of blew it on this blocking. really does seem to be enjoying that desk or conference table you see never seen that plant before here, Mr. Wolf. have you ever seen that plant before I've never seen it the plant Where's the sir plant? plant to the right of uh, not unlike oh, a, no. yeah. a drum head trial I do not understand 500 years ago military officers would upend a drum on the battlefield they'd sit at it and dispense summary justice decisions were quick punishments severe Appeals denied. Those who came to a drumhead were doomed. But we know there is a traitor here. Jadan has admitted his guilt. That's true. And it was what about Steve and Tarsus says all but done the Ja-Andy. same. Andy. How? <laughs> he refused to answer the question about his Romulan grandfather. That is not a crime, Worf. It's not cool. Nor though. can we infer his guilt because he didn't respond, sir. If a man were not afraid of the truth, he would answer. Oh, no. We cannot allow ourselves to think that. The seventh guarantee is one of the most important rights granted by the Federation. We cannot take a fundamental principle of the Constitution and turn it against a citizen. Sir, the Federation does have enemies. I've shot at some myself. Seek them out. That's how it starts. But the road from legitimate suspicion to rampant paranoia is very much shorter than we think. Something is wrong here, Mr. Wolf. 
I don't like what we have become. So good. This is why I like Ken Picard. <laughs> That's a solid reasoning. Um, and it's to the you know we've had this discussion before, Andy, about our differences in 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 uh, tastes regarding uh, fictionalized drama. Uh-huh. You know, and why I like uh, Trek more than say a uh, darker mm. sci-fi bend. Sure, uh, it is the nobility with which these some of these characters carry themselves, and like with a moral uh, compass of Jean-Luc Picard, I, I really I like that. Because it is uh, aspirational. I totally hear what you're saying, and I I feel the same. I think it's it's really beautiful. But I would argue that the reason that this is so powerful and effective is that he is under fire from the from Starfleet itself, from the Federation itself, from a very dark element that is more emblematic of the darker sci-fi fare. Like you don't you don't illuminate. The, the nobility without showing the dark side. Yeah, I've never... I don't mind that aspect of it. I just like our main characters uh-huh. to be Picard-like. But Like, this would be boring if there was no conflict whatsoever. You're, but absolutely, you're absolutely correct. You also that. have Warfear, who's who's also, you know, noble and, and trying to do the right thing, but, but it's a complicated a scenario. a bloodthirsty warrior yeah, who well, hates Romulans because they, they killed his father and stripped him of his honor. That's what makes it interesting. I agree. And I think even I Picard, you're, you're upset that Picard didn't earlier in the episode say, you know... Um, no, no, this is terrible. Everybody shut it down. I think Picard is like, well... This person has a good history of doing the right thing and yeah. being whatever, and so he's like trying to you know figure it out. It's the human condition. That's my fair take. take, but I agree with you. It's he's just just the best in this episode. Just so impressive, and like, the uh, actor is impressive. The character is impressive. Third teapot of the episode. There you go. Sure Tea parade. Well, tell me a little about yourself. Such a bad episode. <laughs> Let's see how many teas we can get. Colony. So much tea. All my life, I wanted to be in Starfleet. I drink tea like this. I went to the Academy's training program for enlisted personnel. I took training as a medical technician, and I served at several outposts. The day that I was posted to the Enterprise was the happiest day of my life. Did you ever consider applying to the Academy, going the whole route? Apply to become an officer? Well, my parents wanted me to. And then I thought about it. I used to sit under this big tree near the parade grounds. An elm tree with a circular bench? Yes, that's the one. <laughs> I spent many an hour there. It was my favorite spot to study. There must be some elm tree. I used to sit under that tree and watch the drills. Picture myself an officer. I know that it would have made my mother very happy, but I... You didn't do it. No. I was 18. Andy, I'm sorry I left you like that. No problem. I had a good time. Was there a lot of tea? There was a lot of tea. There was a lot of reminiscing, as you do with tea. Did the tea match hands shot to shot? Sure, sure. It was good continuity (laughs) on the tea. Um, He's talking about his time at Starfleet and why he wasn't an officer. 18 and a year. He didn't want to wait four years. Yep. The last thing I wanted was to spend four years sitting in classrooms. They just said that, Tarsus. I wanted to be out there, traveling the stars. 
Um, why, why wouldn't you say here? Anyway. This guy ironically appeared in Jag. <laughs> Didn't want to wait for anything. And NCIS. It's Commander Spencer. He had a lot of higher ranks in other shows. Uh, you made it. You made it in other shows, pal. Tarsus. <laughs> you were eventually an officer. Now it's done, isn't it? My career in Starfleet is finished. Not if you aren't guilty, Simon. Doesn't matter. I lied on my application. Guess I'll be a space pirate now. Me for the rest of I mean, is that the next natural move for him? Space pirate? Sure. It's a half court Romulan. What do you do if you want to explore space in that time period, Andy, and you're not uh, in Starfleet? Yeah, you become, you a, become a smuggler, pri- a privateer. Yeah. Like Okona. <laughs> Terrible Okona. The outrageous Okona. Yeah. He is outrageous. Tune in. On Mars Colony. Contact someone there and have him interviewed. Admiral Satie. And start a background checkup into all his friends at the Academy training program. Admiral Satie. This woman yes. really looks like she's holding an iPhone. I would like to have a word with you. Of course. In private. Ooh, not and with my tall, sarcastic oh. sidekick. After all, you are my partner in Mm. She also keeps saying mm. that. Mm, 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 mm. She doesn't believe that. Nope. Not for one second. No way. You lied to him about the engine room. There were no volatile chemicals found there. It was a tactic. A way of applying pressure. We are hunting an innocent man. And how, may I ask, have you managed to determine that? I've talked with him. I've drank tea with him. That's the way to see a person's true worth. Also, could you just bring your beta Z in here and I'll grab him and now we'll ask him a question and see if he's lying now that we know everything about him? Thank you. Yeah, that is that is a problem that struck me. Circumstance. Blameless and pure. No. He admits his mistake in falsifying his application, but that does not make him a traitor. Oh. How can you be so incredibly naive? Hmm. Captain, may I tell you how I spent the past four years? Yawn. You know what it is? This performance is so amazing because I think a lot of the other people that come on and play admirals play dick admirals, which is, is classic. Like, all the all admirals are dicks um, in this show. Uh, she really, it really feels authentic. Her manner her uh the authority with which he speaks she speaks and even like I don't, even how she's wearing these clothes seems like they don't i don't know it seems like she's always been dressed like this you it's like some just, good you like good future wardrobe the wardrobe like i i think it's i think a lot of people feel like they're a little bit uncomfortable coming into this sci-fi uh scenario and like how they're supposed to act and she really is just nailing it it's really impressive what are you saying? I'm going to get to the heart of this conspiracy if it means investigating every last person on this ship. And every hearing from Including now children. on will be held in the presence of Admiral Thomas Henry of Starfleet Security. By the way, real great in Guys and Dolls also. <laughs> At once. Have you seen it? Never told me about this. Um, Marlon Brando, Frank Sinatra, Guys and Dolls. No. Hmm. Marlon Brando's not the best in it. They clearly just cast him because he was Marlon Brando. But uh, Story of his life. He's Guy Masterson. But Frank Sinatra, come on! 
Very loud. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, that might be its own um, audio cue at some point. <laughs> Frank's not, it's not going to have a lot of use on this show. <laughs> Frank Sinatra, come on! <laughs> da, 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 da. What are you doing here? It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> time for Frank Sinatra, come on. Look at your model. I'll fight it. Oh, so good. Do what you must, Captain. Upward shot of Gene Simmons. And so will I. Ugh, so good. I mean, it's the best angle to get the tongue and the bass in the frame. I got a director fetish for this episode. Frakes is the best. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) Sir? Yes? Yes. Yes, of course. Proceed, Mr. Data. You all right, Captain? Yes, of course. No one. Just a little preoccupied. Well, now seems like as good a time as any to ask Frakes. <gasps> We're going to ask Frakes. Uh, so, Andy, let me just give this a little whirl here. I should probably, I'm going to s- just do... Did you come here for something in particular or just general Riker bashing? Well, first of all, I was able to remember as I was revisiting there. I have two or three really good drumhead stories for you. Oh, exciting. Oh, well, you could be the judge. <laughs> <laughs> well, for this podcast, any story that you tell is going to be exciting compared to us. <laughs> we should start with Gene Simmons. Yeah. Uh, we were ju- I was just singing her praises. And I was saying... You how, know, she, she how, won an Academy Award for, for Hamlet, I think. Oh, did she? Yeah, she played... Uh, wait, I Ophelia. Looked, yes, I looked that up, yeah. Oh, my God. So, so unbelievable in this episode. I was just saying she lends an authenticity... To uh, to the to the car- usually when admirals come in, they sort of always feel a little bit like they're trying to find their footing in a sci-fi context, and she just it just feels so real. It's amazing. She was, um, and the reason she's there, I, I you probably know this as well, is she. It turned out is a I mean massive was massive Star Trek fan. That's so interesting. I read that everywhere I see it. Fascinating. I, 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 I did not know that. I read it uh, everywhere about this episode. And she approached, uh, she approached us. I don't. I think Gene. What season is this show? Four. Three, four. It probably would have been through um, Berman or me. Her her sister, Gene's sister, went to our church. It was called the NoHo Arts Center, uh-huh. and on Sunday it was the uh, Science of Mind. Uh, church, which was kind of like that church in the Lincoln Center. You know that guy who speaks on Sundays at Lincoln Center in New York? No. That ring a bell to you? No, not at all. That, that's sort of a Marion Williamson kind of a feel good kind of a vibe. So it's a uh, it's, it's it's less religious and more uh, of the of the of yeah. the joys there's, of being. There's alive. a lot of. Let me just say this: there's a lot of singing. <laughs> <laughs> that's what religion should be. A great show. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And think of the best uh, the best cantors in the world. Exactly. All right. But I did also cast yeah. two other – one became a dear friend and one was a friend. One guy named Bruce French who played uh, Sabine Genestra. Yes. Yeah. He and I had done a bizarre play at the taper called um, The Trouble with Europe, 
which was a short-lived in the a play festival, and wonder actor named Spencer Garrett played Simon Tarsus. Yes, and I have since. Spencer is in my uh, repertory company of actors who I go back to and reuse because they're so reliable. You know, there's you know, there's, you've got those guys in your pocket who you. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, he seems like was his. Did someone name him Tarsus off of uh, off of the famous Tarsuses that might have been involved with Paramount at the time? Wouldn't you think? <laughs> <laughs> who wrote this? Well, this was written by uh, was oh everybody. Was it Jerry, Jerry David it was Jerry Taylor. Yes. She uh she's always one of the when you when you go through the history of the show she's always one of these names that comes up a, as the old guard of Star Trek. Yeah. And she was I mean she, if we had a female voice it was hers and it was in a it was a very big men's club. Yeah. Yeah. And she was uh she she stood strong. Now let me ask you this as a sports fan. Yeah. Do you know who uh, Jerry Taylor's husband was? I do not. I'll give you a hint. There's a there's a, a sandwich named after him over at Pineapple Hill in, in Van Nuys. The pine the sandwich is called the Dick Enberger. Oh my god! Oh, wow. There you go. I Dick didn't Enberger. know that. Remember that name? I know the name. This Dick is already Enberger. this is already a good ask, Frakes, is it not? <laughs> yeah. This is a Frakes. This is a Frakes. Frakes asks us. <laughs> <laughs> if we remember Frakes quiz uh, so I have one I have one more anecdote to share before you ask me any questions <laughs> yep yep nope this is how this works go um, ahead okay fair enough during the uh, during the production or shooting of this episode which was kind of early I think in my directorial shall we call it career or oeuvre <laughs> this is this is number three for you this is number three. Yeah. Our friend, Michael Dorn, the mm-hmm. dwarf, yep. Yep. came to me, and I can't remember. I was The reason I asked about watching the episode was because I was trying to get specific about this particular anecdote. In a scene in which he obviously appeared, among others, and we were shooting hours on, so it must have been a lot of coverage. Dorn came to me and had either a date which I suspect it was because he was the. He was, I love well, this, this story. <laughs> the the Paramount well, Lothario. Was, you know, exa- Well, not only that, he was fifty, not yet fifty, probably in his forties. Uh-huh. Rich, hot, handsome, and single. <laughs> and wait, and and none of those things airplane. going for me as a single person right now. He had an airplane. Uh, oh my gosh! So he could ask a chick if she wanted to go to dinner in. Vegas. Oh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he would fly her to Vegas. That is just so, the best. He's James Bond. <laughs> so let's say let's say that that's what Dorn had going. Let's sure. let's let's stretch the truth and say that's what he had going. So he says to me, Jonathan, Franco, whatever he called me at the time. <laughs> any way you could uh you know shoot me out and just uh let me get out of here. And I said without thinking twice, sure man. Uh, <laughs> like I, I know how to do that, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. So, so I, I, I start on the side of the room on which he is. Mm-hmm. I shoot the master. I shoot the coverage for a four shot. Then I shoot, let's say, a two and a single of him. So there's no fucking doubt that I've got him covered. Mm-hmm. I, I make an announcement to the who says, "No, no, we never let anybody go before the scene's done." And I said, "No, no, it's fine." I told Michael I'd do it. 
the UPM says, no, no, don't do it. It'll come and bite you in the ass. I said, no, come on, I'm doing him a favor. I got every possible piece of coverage I'll ever need. So, and to take Mike, to take Worf apart, is, it's not like sending Patrick home and bringing him back. Right, right. <laughs> There's a lot to, to break down on that turtle head. <laughs> so you got to de, you know, you got to deglaze that whole thing. And uh, he goes, he goes away. We continue to cover the scene. And my uh, very visual Marvin Rush and whoever was with me, I guess it was Marvin and I, probably Jerry Fluck was the first, decide, you know, we really do need something else over here. And over here, on this side, where Michael Dorn had been standing for the last six hours in the scene, the way it was staged. So I said, yep, we, I can see that we need it. Um, I looked to Marvin with open my palms up and my shoulders up and my eyebrows up. <laughs> and uh, he says, okay, I, I, yeah, we'll, I got this. We'll figure I got this. So we started wide. It did not include Mr. Dorn. We pushed into somebody that was wearing his costume and did like his merit, his uh, uh-huh. badge or his, or his uh, sash. His, his, yeah, his mandrake or whatever that fucking thing was called that he wore. A uh, uh, baldry. What was that called? It was a baldry. It was a baldrick. There's a Baldrick Mandrake. Baldrick. I only Floyd, I only I only Floyd. know that. I only know that it was a Baldrick because in Insurrection, uh Patrick walks onto the bridge and uh Worf has overslept and he says, Straighten your Baldrick, Commander. <laughs> so If I had a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have a nickel for every time I purchase it. <laughs> Oh, God, that's fabulous. It's so dumb that I know that. But that's one of those weird lines that just stuck in my head because I always wanted to know what the fuck you would call that thing. And Patrick Stewart finally said it. And I was like, oh, okay." So Marvin bailed me out by uh, creating a shot in which we pushed into what we thought was Worf because we recognized his baldric. Mm -hmm. And probably, I think, if I recall, or let's say it's truth that it may have included the communicator or some, you know, so it had it felt like it had some style to it. And then back out to whoever had been standing on his left or right. So the lesson that I learned and have lived by for the last, whatever it is, then almost 30 years doing this now since then is that I never, ever, ever let anybody go before <laughs> we move to the next scene. I was watching a scene in, in, in Drumhead and I was like, I, this sounds like ADR. I cannot imagine that Michael Dorn got all of this techno babble out. Oh, in one yeah, take. maybe that's the worst. That could well, anything we were that debating. Yeah, was it was were there like several takes because it's so much dense, uh, dense techno babble? Yeah, it's about yeah, the fucking hyper spray. I, I wish I had time to watch. I wish yeah. I had watched it. Don't look. You do. You do us enough of a favor by gracing us with your uh, audio presence. I think he could have worked harder, Matt. Oh, I like that. I like that episode. And it's Dorn, a by great the way, episode. Dorn loves this episode. Yeah. Well, he has he, actual things to do in it. That's the beauty of this episode yeah. for him. I I truly we we rated the end of the episode, but this is to me one of the great episodes I've seen. It's it's in the top five easily. I think it's a masterpiece. Wait a minute, I lost you. What number? It was in the top what? <laughs> he wants to make sure he gets his compliment. It's uh it's in the top five of next generation that I've seen. I'm really? only halfway through. Yeah, Andy, Andy. I think this is a masterpiece, and I I like. 
as <laughs> as you like who, measure you like measure of a man then as well, don't you? I uh, I don't I don't want to insult anybody because I know Measure of a Man is is thought to be one of the great episodes. I think this kicks the ass of Measure of a Man. Oh, I do too. What about? <laughs> um, yeah, this is you. You did what such if, a masterful job in this episode. Don't start. What about uh, yesterday's Enterprise? Yesterday's Enterprise is also up there in, in top five. I'm also halfway through, so I so it's hard for me to say. <laughs> um, it but, seems to me the last time I sat at this desk and talked to you guys like a year ago, yeah. you were halfway through. No, we were. Where was that? Oh, that was during the Offspring. That was season three. Yeah, early season three. Oh, there's so many. I, I, I'm wondering what your my question was basically going to be about preparation in general, but uh, you guys are breaking up over there. You are you on Wi-Fi? I seem to be. Well, I have a FaceTime audio. Well, then I with think Matt Myra. We should be. We should be <laughs> my close personal friend. We should be just. We gotta build a specific line <laughs> right to Frakes so that it's always clear. We just need an ISDN line. Yeah, straight we, we should put a camera in here. We should put a camera in there. We should really just. <laughs> That'd be great. Let me just say something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. The Luddite had to clear this shit up. Well, look, eh, your value is not just as an entertainer and a director and a star of a favorite franchise. It is also as technical director of this podcast. Thank you, Jonathan, for... The pleasure's mine. I learned that from my daughter, Eliza. <laughs> oh, nice. How about the people on Twitter who missed uh, After Trek? Well, that was very nice of them to miss After Trek, because quite frankly, I'm not going to lie, I miss the uh, paycheck, but I don't miss flying to New York every week. No. So really, although I will say uh, there's been a lot of people like shitting on the uh, new thing they do on Facebook Live. Um, uh, What's that? Who's hosting it? Uh, It's someone that uh, probably works for StarTrek.com. Oh. So, whatever. (laughs) You have drumhead questions? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for uh, Ask Frakes after he has already given us his anecdotes of the drumhead. Uh, we now turn the tables on him and finally get to ask him something. So, Andy, ask Frakes. Go ahead. Uh, Frakesy, if I may call you Frakesy. Uh, I wish you would. <laughs> oh, I didn't think I was going to get that one through. Um, so uh, I've already sort of said well, a little hang bit. Hang on. You asked your question. It was may I call it Frakes. <laughs> that doesn't count. Damn it. <laughs> um, hey. <laughs> Uh, I've already said I uh, I think this is t- without I mean I've only seen half the series d- definitely top five of next generation episodes I think it kicks the ass of Measure of a Man I think this is just top to bottom a masterpiece of uh, of scripting of acting and especially um, I, I apologize for kissing up to you I really what's that. You were doing so well right up until you got into the ass-kissing part. <laughs> I, look, I, I, if you listen to any episode of the podcast, you know you know that I am a mean critic. Um, but this, just like, I was I was reacting like I was watching a sports event with some of the, the low-angle shots at just the right moment. You really just nailed it. And the fact that you, it's so early in your directing career at this point is incredible. And uh, I guess one of my, and I don't know if you remember, because obviously all this is 30 <laughs> years ago, the, the moment with, uh, with Patrick's um, big uh, scene at the end, the big monologue uh, in mm. the trial, Yeah, um, I was curious, you've obviously at this point, 
You've had years of working with him as an actor, not that many as a director. Is there anything you you do to prepare for that scene and or a conversation you have? Like, how do you dire- how do you choose to direct Patrick Stewart in that scene? Oh, that's a gr- actually an excellent question. With Patrick, I find that his preparation 90% of the time is everything I need because he was so protective of the character, which we were just discussing in terms of the uh, future Picard show. Um, He, I think I mentioned this last time we spoke, he prepares in a way that he prepared when he was in the Royal Shakespeare company. You know, there is no, no question about coming to work with the first and most obvious responsibility of an actor, which is your lines and showing up on time. Those are the only two things you really have to do. Mm-hmm. So Patrick not only comes fully prepared as a professional actor, but he has thought through the character sometimes to a fault in that because he's number one captain and because he's Patrick Stewart and because he's with the RSC, he sometimes sees that his tree is the biggest tree in the forest. And sometimes it's not in this episode. It did, it did happen to be the biggest tree and he was prepared. We used to kid that he would, um, do a one-man show of the Kings. Just the, oh my God, that would be great. <laughs> Kings, and he'd play Billy Jean King, and then he'd play Elvis. <laughs> Wait, but he has, hang on, hang on. You cut the, out for a second. I want to know, who was the third King you mentioned after Elvis? No, no, I, that was it. It was uh, <laughs> Billy the Jean Kings King. from Shakespeare. Okay. That's... Billy Jean <laughs> Rule of threes, Jonathan. We need to way. add a third king. Alan King? <laughs> there we go. Oh, yeah. Larry King. <laughs> Larry the third, King. That's, that's, that's better. King. That's a better comedic. But no, B, uh, B, wait, BB King. Ah, perfect. <laughs> he has the chops. Uh, the big thing with Patrick is to decide if you want to get his close up early in the coverage. And I usually ask him, I'll go over and say, Do you want me to get the Gene side of this? Or. Or Prince, you know, whoever going to cover somebody else, or should I come in? And are you are you ready? Because I I can I think you are, or I can tell if if you'd rather another few passes before we get your close up, which we'll know we use a lot of, and that's that's generally how you handle any number one. Oh, you know, that's so smart. Let you know, Timothy Hutton used to like to go, yeah, because the will peak, and you'd like the. Uh, the tightest lens to be at the same time as you peak. And uh, in those days, we, we used only two cameras. Now, you know, on the new shows, we have four cameras, and you can get a lot of this coverage at the, at the same time. Now, is that as So far, I think... I was going to ask, is that as far as, like, so you're starting on, on the side covering him. Do you go as far as, do you want to start close or start wide? Or you're starting wide on his side, and you're just make, letting him choose whether he wants it on his side first? Yeah, I would start, the question would be, do you want me to start on your side? Gotcha. After we get the master. And that's, that's uh, and I used to ask Noah Wiley the same question. <laughs> how, how, how are you feeling? And he'd, he'd, he'd say, I'm, I'm really ready and i got all this shit on the stairs to do when i'm running up and down the stairs let me get my shit out of the way and then and then it's um it's it's the best kind of collaboration so based on that in in that scene it sounds like you maybe didn't do much adjustment in the performance once you were going you just sort of let him go i didn't i very rarely 
tweaked Patrick's performance unless I felt that he um, needed to underline something with a little more emphasis or, <laughs> or throw something else away or clarify. But I never could remember when Patrick and I didn't agree on what the uh, super objective of the scene was to the subtext of the scene or the um, who something was meant for or the tone or the pace. I mean, one of the things, one of the reasons we've had such success together as friends and coworkers has been that we have similar taste, I think, in terms of, of how this, you know, what, what is it that we do? This craft works. Yeah. Well, it's just, you just nailed it. I mean, particularly in that scene, but through the whole episode, it's just such a, it's a 12 angry men level, you know, uh, trial play like episode. Yeah. It's Jerry Taylor. I think one more beat with Patrick, the reason, one of the reasons for what I just said is my father was an English professor, as I've already bored you with (laughs) and Patrick training with the Royal Shakespeare company has the same type of respect for words and language that I was brought up with. And I think that's an, a, uh, a common shared quality or respect or mm, trait that we have that has helped us both work together. Yeah, I think a respect for the words uh, is going to help. Uh, certainly general. Certainly, I think uh, a lot of actors I've seen uh, come through uh, sometimes don't respect the words enough to learn uh, at least the vague idea of what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> but doesn't that drive you insane as oh, a writer? It's crazy. And also, you know what I, you know, I say this to the kids too on 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 the show on the Goldbergs. I'm always like, if you have a question about any sort of line that you're saying, come find me. And ask me because I don't want you just saying words if you don't understand what you're saying. So if you're referencing some product from the '80s or you yeah. don't know why you're saying something, you come find me and then we'll talk about it. And then when you're in that scene, be in the scene. Don't fucking struggle to find your words. And do they do that? Do they come to you? Uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, okay, Jonathan. Now, uh, and Andy has right. asked uh, your question, and Andy's asked his question. I'm going to now uh, turn the tables. I'm going to ask you a question, Jonathan. Uh, my, yes, my question is: uh, I want to ask you. Not even. I'm not even going to ask you about the drumhead. I'm going to ask you about. <laughs> I'm going to pull an Andy here. I'm going to ask you about the previous episode, which is Cupid, which you guys are all Robin Hood bullshit. Oh, I am not a merry man. Yes, the only line anyone remembers because it, quite frankly, might be the only line that anyone delivers uh, that is worth remembering. That episode is so... I, I found it to be the most dull thing I've ever seen in my life where you guys are, do get to have fun, but I don't understand yeah. what that episode is about. It's really silly. <laughs> it's, it's beyond silly. It's, it's silly uh, once we get into act three and the first two acts it's nothing is happening so uh i just want to it's not even a question it's more of a statement (laughs) how did you make that happen why did you allow that why did you even why did you as an actor on this show why did you you should have i should i would have staged a walkout if i were you uh i know uh ira 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 bears a genius a great writer uh but i feel like he uh, took a week off there 
Was that Ira's show? It was Ira's teleplay. No kidding. Yes. Oh, I had no idea. It's crazy to me. Well, you know what it is? I, I figured it out, though. I was like, oh, okay. He wrote the... F- it wasn't he the wrote- racist episode from season one. Code of honor. Nothing, nothing <laughs> will be as bad as that. And it wasn't as bad as the... Uh, the clip show where Riker's having brain surgery. That's true because we gave that episode a zero, uh, and we gave yeah. uh, we gave uh, Cupid uh, a Not one, a, a, yeah, one or a two, yeah, it, if that. It's still as you say, it still had like little funny, silly moments, and uh, Delancey was in it. Cupid provided me with one of my top five convention stories. Oh. <laughs> wait, I don't want you to spoil it, Jonathan. <laughs> no. You'll have to see Jonathan at a at a convention to hear it. <laughs> exactly. That's a very good idea. That's so, a good tease. I so love folks, it. So folks, reference our podcast when you ask him, hey, tell that tell that anecdote. You know what? I promise. I is, Yes. This is a Matt Meyer promise. I promise that if I get to moderate uh, uh, in Vegas again this year uh, and I happen to be paired with Jonathan, which is something I will force them to do if they want me to come moderate, uh, I'll, I'll get that out of them. <laughs> I'll ask him. Yeah. And yeah. And he'll say, oh, shit, you already told me that story. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say that, but they won't. They'll be delighted just to see you. They they all have heard it. They'll they'll just be happy. It's like playing a famous rock and roll song, what you feel like. totally. It's like, you know, I'm going to go see the Rolling Stones play Start Me Up. So there we go. Play Start Me Up. Give me shelter. (laughs) So that's it, Jonathan. Okay, fair enough. This was a great Ask Frakes. I'm very happy with it. Uh, we're going to go wrap up the rest of the show. The kids are going to be very excited about your return. And uh, we'll get Andy out of here so we can go out on a date. Oh, good luck. <laughs> Thank you. I have no plane to fly to Vegas, unfortunately. Instead, he's got he, to Uber downtown. Oh, excellent. Uh, take a condom. Make good choice. <laughs> Thanks, Frexy. <laughs> I love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Take care. Bye, Frex. If you got a query, just ask Frex. Did you come here for something in particular or just general Riker bashing? <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, we're back. Quick, I got to fire the engines up, Andy. Ah. Oh, my God. There's, we must be at port. We were just docked over at the SS Frakes. And, uh, uh, what a delight that guy is. The USS Frakes, I guess we'll call it. Uh, he delivers every time. I think I turned it around this time. I think you did. I think you uh, you were great, you know, a little fidgety in person, but luckily this was all over the phone. Yeah. That's, well, you know, if I was in person, then I would have uh, kept my fidgeting to myself. <laughs> Andy had to stand for it. He was, you know, a little, little shifting. I, had to, I raised the desk for him to hopefully make him more comfortable so he wouldn't have to lean into the computer. All right. We were having trouble with him hearing us, so I was trying to get closer to the computer. Uh... <laughs> That's true. Hey, look, the audio is not 100%, but nothing ever is 100%, except for our love of Jonathan Frakes, 100%. Uh, now, Andy, we were just about to serve uh, Patrick Stewart with a subpoena here. Here we go. You all right, Captain? Yes, of course, no one. Just a little preoccupied. Admiral Settee has ordered you to report to the interrogation room at 0900 hours tomorrow morning. You are to be questioned before the committee. I gave you a gift. It's one of these pads I use. <laughs> You'll love it. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, it has a bunch of apps I've already downloaded. Look, this is the scene Andy was talking about with Frakes. This is the Patrick Stewart we've all come to know and love. Let's uh, let's hear it. Your full name? Jean-Luc Picard. Rank and position? Captain, Federation Starship Enterprise. How long have you held this post? Over three years since starting 41124. Very well. Admiral? If you don't mind, there is something I would like to say. It's interesting, we're if in the fourth season, but it's three years. If you have a statement, you'll have an opportunity to make it... Um, well, it's, you know, one full year, two full years, three full years, three and some change. Mm-hmm. How long were we to assume that he was uh, in control of the Enterprise before the counter at Farpoint? Uh, it's like a couple days. Oh, really? So he just got yeah. on. Gotcha. Me too. I believe that Chapter 4, Article 12 of the Uniform Code of Justice grants me the right to make a statement before questioning begins. Damn it, he knows his stuff. What are we going to do? So well. good. I'm deeply concerned about what is happening here. It began when we apprehended a spy, a man who admitted his guilt and who will answer for his crime. But the hunt didn't end there. Another man, Mr. Simon Tarsis, was brought to trial. And it was a trial, no matter what others choose to call it. A trial based on insinuation and innuendo. Nothing substantive offered against Mr. Tarsis, much less proven. Mr. Tarsis' grandfather is Romulan. And for that reason, his career now stands in ruins. Have we become so fearful? Have we become so cowardly that we must extinguish a man because he carries the blood of a current enemy? Admiral, let us not condemn Simon Tarsis or anyone else because of their bloodlines, or investigate others for their innocent associations. I implore you, do not continue with this proceeding. End it now. Now, look. I just want to say, that is one shot. That is a tracking shot. Just... I can't believe Frakes was so early in his directing career. It's so perfect. Obviously, Look, you got Patrick you, Stewart to when film. When you're giving Patrick Stewart when you're script giving like that, that works. Uh, but he's a very, so he has got. I mean, he's lucked out with his scripts, um, and I think those scripts have made him a very, very accomplished director. Like the idea that he's he delivered, coming from though. these words and like he gets to. Pl- this could have been shot. That could that could have been could shot have been in just, any number of ways. Yeah, that boom, is the boom, simplest, boom, 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 like, most yeah. confident choice. And of course, Patrick Stewart just nailing it. Um, Would it surprise you to learn yeah. that you have violated the Prime Directive a total of nine times since you took command of the Enterprise? I thought it was eleven. I mean, yeah. I must say, Captain, it surprised the hell out of me. Our reports to Starfleet will document the circumstances of those instances. Yes, we're looking into those reports, Captain. Very closely into those reports. 
After which I'm sure we'll have more questions for you about your so-called commitment to Starfleet Prime Directive. There's the, uh, the guy in the background. The our, our helmsman. Looking down the barrel guy. <laughs> Uh, they bring up uh, Data's Day, the Tapel incident. Sure. You know, I think that's uh, very cool that they would bring back the cannon. Yeah. Like that, or make it cannon. And I love that Worf gets up there and uh, pulls a crusher. You stood proudly on the bridge of a Romulan ship. Did you make any effort to retrieve her? No. No. Even though you knew she carried Federation secrets that she'd been accumulating for years... The Enterprise could have been captured by the Romulans. Captain Picard did the only thing he could. Really, Lieutenant? And where were you when this traitor was on board the Enterprise? Where was ship security? Uh, well, we picked her up from another ship, and she had just left Starfleet Academy. Whatever. It's cool. You can do your thing. <laughs> Don't you think it's questionable? <laughs> That's Dr. also on Riker, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I gotta say, Frakes was doing a good job as a director in this episode, but Riker was not uh, not being a great lawyer here. Uh, a defense attorney. I gotta agree. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of we, got, we gotta call Frakes back. <laughs> a lot of points could have been raised. <laughs> you really held him accountable for uh, <laughs> the crappiness of Cupid. He's just a poor actor <laughs> in that situation. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Frank just excitedly enough. texted me. I totally forgot the North and South connection. Gene Simmons played the matriarch of the South, and Jeannie's mother, Jeannie Francis. Oh, that's right. And Mitch Ryan played Simmons's husband and Riker's father. Wow. I can't help but think the Civil War would have been less bloody if they'd just used Anbo Jitsu. <laughs> Nice tie and nice bringing it home there, pal. <laughs> Sometimes I can podcast. <laughs> Lieutenant. I love that Warp advances on him. And then Picard says, no, not here. This isn't the time. Even though I'm on your side. Ah, oh, so good. Tell me, Captain, have you completely recovered from your experience with the Borg? Yes, I have completely recovered. Must have been awful for you. Actually becoming one of them. Being forced to use your vast knowledge of Starfleet operations to aid the Borg. Just how many of our ships were lost? I mean, come on, low blow here. 39? Seriously. And a loss of life, I believe, measured at nearly 11,000. That's a crazy number. One wonders how you can sleep at night. Having caused so much destruction. I question your Patrick actions. Stewart goes into meme pose. I question your choices. I question your loyalty. You know, there are some words I've known since I was a schoolboy. But the first link, the chain is forged. The first speech censured, the first thought forbidden, the first freedom denied chains us all irrevocably. Those words were uttered. By the way, just want to say, yeah, that sentence doesn't make the most sense, doesn't it? it sure, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what doesn't make sense about it? <sighs> All right, hang on. It's so, very Lincolny. I was kind of wondering if it was going to be Lincoln. Uh, I'm trying to figure. I, it out. Okay. I question your actions, Captain. I question your choices. 
I question your loyalty. So well written. You know, there are some words I've known since I was a schoolboy. Okay, so let's try to break this down. <laughs> Here we go. With the first link, the chain. With the first link, he says of. Here's the quote. With the first link, the chain is forged. Yeah. Okay. It's forged. The first speech censured. Uh-huh. Speech censured, the first thought forbidden, the first freedom denied, chains us all irrevocably. You're saying that it's permanent? No, I just don't understand it. He's just saying that... that, that with, the, with the first link forged, and then these four things, chain us irre- irrevocably. He's saying the chain, the, the, first, the first move of oppression is basically the first step to the final oppression. Oh boy, I wish he had just said that. I would have well, been you know, much clearer. All right, well, in the in Secunda Star Trek show, then uh, I think it's still beautiful. And I was shocked oh. that this was something that Jerry Taylor wrote. And I was like, oh man, good job, Jerry Taylor. She didn't write that. That was uttered by Judge Aaron Satie. I'm sorry. I apologize. I miss. Uh, I miss. Uh, I mean, if, it. if yeah. his daughter heard you try to credit <laughs> sure, Jerry right. Taylor that with that, that is not fair of me. I don't it think is. you would even be standing here right now. Good, She'd be yelling job. at you so hard. <laughs> Judge Aaron Satie. 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 Wisdom and warning. The first time any man's freedom is trodden on, we're all damaged. That's, That's what he's saying. I like Patrick Stewart's quote better. <laughs> I mean, Catapicard. I fear that day. How dare you! Andy, I can be dumb sometimes. It's okay. <laughs> you who consort with Romulans, invoke my father's name to support your traitorous arguments. So it is good. an offense to everything I hold dear. And to hear those words used to subvert the United Federation of Planets. My father was a great man. His name stands for integrity and principle. You dirty his name when you speak it. He loved the Federation, but you, Captain, corrupt it. You undermine our very way of life. I will expose you for what you are. I brought down bigger men than you, Picard. This is when the ad, the other admiral walks out. It's very much like in. Uh, he might have like really just gone like I gotta pee. <laughs> I really didn't think these proceedings would go on this long. Um, can I? I I had a date and I had to pick up a lady and fly should, her to Vegas. Should have known when this guy said he wanted to take a statement first. We were gonna be here. Oh a while. boy. Um, but it's very twelve angry men. Chief O'Brien, can you beam the urine out of my kidneys? Bladder. Sorry, don't do it out of the kidneys. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> I died. Why, how'd he die? Well, <laughs> Chief O'Brien. You're really, you're really ruining this dramatic moment, Matt. <laughs> we do a show about Star Trek for comedic purposes, but also appreciate Star Trek. Thank you. Have I bothered you, Captain? Yes. No, please, Mr. Wolf, come in. Are you looking at the stars? I mean, it's just stars out there. It is over. Admiral Henry has called an end to any more hearings on this matter. And I have blown up 
Admiral Satie Shadow. <laughs> Was that what you wanted me to do? Admiral Satie has Dead. left the Enterprise. In a box up top. You think we've come so far? Torture of heretics, burning of witches, all ancient history. Then, before you can blink an eye, suddenly it threatens to start all over again. I believed her. I, I helped her. I did not see what she was. Mr. Worf, villains who twirl their mustaches are easy to spot. I have a mustache. Those who clothe themselves in good deeds are well camouflaged. I wear clothes. <laughs> I think after yesterday, people will not be so ready to trust her. Maybe. But she, or someone like her, will always be with us, waiting for the right climate in which to flourish. So Spreading amazing. fear in the name of righteousness. Ah. <laughs> Vigilance, Mr. Wolf. 30 years ago. That is the price we have to continually pay. Thirty years ago. Nice tap on the shoulder. Oh, I mean, look at the Crucible. Like in- <laughs> you stop telling our game about Arthur Miller. You can point to real life. It doesn't have to be this this lens through Arthur Miller's granite Everything wonderful play. is a lens through Arthur Miller. God, Andy, why don't you understand? Um, oh, man. What an episode. Uh, so good. All right, let's get to the... Um, oh, all of our awards and such. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Okay. It's an interesting question because uh, part of my Andy's uh, issue is going to be about the ending. And it's sort of on Picard that he solves it. In in and you know, giving the speech that ends the proceedings, but mm-hmm. it seems kind of coincidental—not coincidental, but like which I think works for this episode because it was just coincidental that the dilithium chamber happened to blow. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, does he? You know, who who would you give it to? Pat? Oh, it's it's a thousand percent uh, Picard. But what? does he do he gives the speech he i think he knows what he's doing when he's, you think he's baiting he is, her when he is saying his the judge's name he I, a thousand percent knows what he's doing i guess that is the question and i think he's doing it in front of the admiral who of uh, the head of starfleet security deliberately and i think that he is uh by the way here's the thing i'd like to do okay uh in canon if we could get this in somehow I would prefer that admirals of specific divisions mm-hmm. wore, rather than Command Red, wore their division color. Oh, so smart. I would like the head of Starfleet Medical, if they're an admiral, I would like them to be in a admiral's uniform that is the blue, sciences, operations, security, etc. Anyway, that's just my pitch. If but Matt, haven't they risen like. above the level where they're actually practicing? No, but they're the head of the thing, so they have to be... I think they should be proudly wear their division color. I think that's fair. Thank you. Um, 
Uh, so let me just, for the sake of argument, I guess Worf, uh, he's the one who flushes out the first traitor um, in the Klingon, and he does all that stuff with the with the injection, and um, Dev, Riker definitely does a bad job as a defense attorney. So that this is taking you any time. This is weird to me. I thought it was very uh, open. All right, well, let's go and, into and let's say. Uh, all right, I'll say it's Picard. But no, I don't want to. I don't mean to bully you into answering. I'm just. I'm. I'm just. Well, my issue is my me. issue is the same thing that I'm going to have an issue with with Andy. So why don't we say it's Picard and then move on to the Andes? Okay. The Andes, or some other method of ranking. We're working on it. Um, I think this is a masterpiece. I I really think this episode is so good from top to bottom. It's so pertinent today. It's just it's just it's amazing how how not dated the whole thing seems. The performances, the writing is just so on point from top to bottom, and the direction. I was lucky that I had this opportunity. To, to to kiss freaks kiss up to freaks was something that I legitimately and passionately believe, which is this is one of the best directed episodes of Star Trek: uh, The Next Generation, and particularly a bottle episode, which is are the hardest ones to make interesting. Um, so here's the only thing: the ending to me seems convenient, and I accept that if you believe that he is in that moment deciding I'm going to bait her and get her to reveal she's a maniac, um, then the ending is legit. But it just seems like I would have wanted a little all, bit more it's indication. All planted, though. I think it's all planted throughout the story. I think it's pieced out very nicely. I think of the, the discussion with her about her dinners with her father, her pl- prattling on and on about Judge Aaron Satie, Picard knowing her, having studied all of his works in the Academy, now knowing all of the things. Uh, that adds up, but it yeah. doesn't. It doesn't necessarily. I think he sees it. I think he sees. Uh, I think he sees that this is unhinged at some point, and I think he sees that it is her who is leading the unhinged thing. And I think that he, being Picard, also is saying this not only just to bait her, but to put it on the record in front of the uh, admiral. And I think that uh, given what has transpired here, all that we have done is. Um, we, I mean, meaning the, this investigation, and uh, you know, found the found the saboteur. Really, just we didn't find a saboteur. There was no saboteur. Found the person who sent the plans of the Enterprise's engines to the Romulans. They got mm-hmm. that out of the way. The chief of security is probably very satisfied with that. The head of Starfleet security, Admiral Hayes, or whatever, um, <laughs> and uh, then. Uh, the whole thing that Data and Geordi find no evidence of blah blah blah. It is then I think it then becomes clear that it's a witch hunt. Sure, I agree with all that. I think so, it's well. What's the convenience? The convenience is to have her break like that. Yes, that it's like that. You didn't. He didn't know that she was going to lose her mind like that. Um, it's very interestingly. It did make me think of the end of A Few Good Men. It's very similar to that. And I thought, oh, I wonder if one or the other was influenced and Few Good Men came out I think in 92 this came out in 91 but However, it was a Broadway play right the play existed before I don't know if it plays out exactly the same in the play I think it's ballpark the same so I do wonder I if there was some kind of influence we've discovered one the all, all all courtroom dramas 
Yeah, but it's uh, like it's telling based it, on telling a morality tale end up being. It's based yeah. on on the prosecutor, whatever, whoever the the protagonist is trying to win the case. Uh, maybe this is just all courtroom things, but just win the case not through evidence, but just through an emotional uh, well, failing of the of the villain. Well, in a in a courtroom drama, right? There is no once the evidence has been presented, but the decision is still not clear. Then you must use other ways, and usually that means to break down whoever's on the stand, right? And, and I guess I just sort of emotional explosion. I just I guess I just would have liked it to be just some other some other thing that leaned into it. Maybe before, like with Picard saying, "Well." I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't have the evidence and I'm going to have to figure out some other but way. he does have the evidence. He doesn't have the evidence. He does have the evidence. What do you mean? It, uh, a speech? Oh, in, 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 in what? He doesn't have the evidence to prove that she should stop this proceeding. Oh, he's not proving that he, she should stop the proceeding. He wants the proceeding stopped. Whatever. The Admiral's coming. He gets subpoenaed. Mm. I mean, it just is, for me, it's just like Picard, Captain Picard is using all of Captain Picard's logic and knowledge and uh, just understanding of, of the Federation of Planets constitution and just I think it all it all tracked for me I think that the especially with her weird relationship with her father where she made them sit around a dinner table <laughs> and debate and no one could leave until they've explored every avenue oh I've won more than once with my brothers he was a great man he loved the Federation I'm 90 years old and I'm still talking about him I see um, so you're saying that there was evidence in her weird stories <laughs> yes. that he was like, oh, I can make her to fall me. apart yeah. by that. To me, I think there was. I, and I don't think it was a make her fall apart. I think it was also to get his fucking word on the record. Well, sure. I think that, that was the admiral. That was the 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 uh, um, uh, explicit thing. And I'm wondering what the what we were supposed to infer from it. And you're saying we were supposed to infer that he was baiting her. I do think that he very specifically was using his her father's words the man mm. she most respected in in life whether he was using those words to support his own point i find it i have my questions but honestly i loved this episode so much that um that uh i would i would prefer to believe what you are saying and i'm giving it a 10 we need more trumpets oh you're right <laughs> This is like crazy. Andy just gave it a 10. Unbelievable. Uh, I don't know if I have a... <laughs> hey, you don't need a trumpet. It's fine. The appropriate... Uh, uh, hang on. I have it. Okay. Say a 10 again. I'm giving it, Matt, a uh, 10. All right, Andy. Uh, for me, it's a solid eight and a half. Eight point five. Eight and a half. Yeah, it's a very good episode. Of oh wow! I really thought you were going to shoot higher than ten. Not higher than me, oh. but higher than eight and a half. No, it's an eight point five for me. It's right there. I mean, it's a, it's it's a, everything's a very very solid uh, and so solid that I have to give it a very solid grade. <sighs> Andy sighing. Andy sighing because I went lower than him and now he feels like he might he should go lower well I really thought you were I mean I I, I, I assumed you weren't going to give it a 10 but I, I didn't think you were going to go down to an 8.5 to me what are your flaws in this episode 
a couple I mean a little bit of the logic flaws we were talking about earlier with Picard uh, not stopping things earlier with Picard uh, allowing things to continue with the evidence being ignored with the lying to the person and having the first officer on board the ship who would know that that was a lie not stand up and say something uh-huh uh, that that kind of thing, I was just like, eh, eh, you eh. get into in a weird area where what does a ten mean? And I guess a ten would be a perfect episode. Is that is that what we're judging it on? Like perfect? I mean, it's up to you. I because there's it. also like mixing in what your emotional as reaction I've said, to as it I've is. As I've said a bunch of times, and I'll say it again, my grading usually is on the scale of like I'm flipping the channels. I see it on. Am I staying there? And you're not staying there with this one. How many to commercial? A 10? How many commercial breaks am I staying there for? Oh man, this is a at eight point five is I will change the channel, uh-huh. but flip back before the end of the episode. Yeah, because I you know. Really I mean, what I really would like to dismount. do because nine point five seems too low to me. I would like to give it like a nine point eight just for a couple of tenths of a point off for you can do for that. the ending. You've done it. Congratulations, Andy. Andy has reverted. Is uh, I'm gonna have to take this back. <laughs> If only you could play it backwards. Uh, nine points. <laughs> we say? have given a ten before. Yes, we have. Yesterday's yeah. Enterprise, I believe, we gave a ten. Yeah. Which, again, I can't argue with that. Yeah, and that one had probably a couple of problems. It's an interesting question, which I'm sure everyone will come at us about. Yeah, they're going to, and that's the beauty of doing it. Nonetheless, you can't, can't take away from me that I love this freaking episode. I will not, and I didn't mean to try to. Oh, I didn't think you were. Oh. Andy... Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Matt. But we have some business to attend to, and that is to thank the people that make this podcast uh, tolerable. The United Federation of Planets President Circle. Uh, let's head on down and welcome ourselves in there. I believe we have been beaming in lately, and that's fine with me. Let's do it. Andy, I just need to see where we left Everybody off last a- week, just on the name front, because I don't remember who we said last. Isn't that crazy? Nicholas Frost. No, there's a Nicholas Frost. There is no coal. No, it's really upbeat <laughs> at the end of there. Frost. Thank you so much for being with us. There all we right. go. That's us listening to us. Guys, we'll see you all next week on the podcast for the Drumhead. Stay tuned to your Patreon feeds. There we go. Look at that. Did it did say anything? I did it. It was Nicholas Frost. Oh, Nicholas Frost. There you go. Uh, and because it was Nicholas Frost, and you know what? I quite frankly enjoyed the upbeat time we were having in that last one. <laughs> but I feel like, uh, Amy Grant, you're coming back in, uh, and we are going to have some baby baby happening in the president's circle. Andy, is that okay with you? Sure thing. All righty. Here we go. Oh, yeah. It is more upbeat with this kind of music. Uh, all right. Matuine, thank you. Keith Bodela, thank you so much. Doc Pate, thank you. Lieutenant Kim Vilsack. Lizzie A. Lieutenant Brett Parsons. Oh, everybody, it's Fred Coppersmith. Lieutenant Vanilla Thunder. Oh, my God, it's Sean Nass, related to Boss Nass. Tom Brown, related to Charlie Brown. <laughs> Emily, <laughs> Emily Eldred. Alex Whitehouse. Beth Harrington. Lieutenant Ross McLeod. Hubert Eureta. I'm sorry. Hub. I'm going to do this again. Hubert. Hubert. Oh, God. Hubert. 
Eurisha? Eurita? I just want want to point out, you've had a lot of talking issues today, and I have not gotten on you about any of them the way you would have come down hard on me. Not if you had said that, as you did earlier, that your mouth was at 20%, and I told you my brain was at 40%. I constantly say I'm I'm having problems today. I appreciate you not coming after me. Lieutenant Brandon Davis. I think if we could learn something from Ken Picard, Andy. (laughs) Yeah? It's that, why forge the first chain of oppression? It's true. Uh... Nate Richman, Paul Brisk, uh, Lieutenant Jill- Commander Paul Brisk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, Lieutenant Jillian Randalls. <laughs> Lieutenant Paul J- Brett Jarrett, Sean, Lieutenant Commander Josh Bald, Drew Parkinson, Robert Olson, The Kembles, Lieutenant Andrew Witzel, Merrick Boosfield, Lieutenant Commander Mike Mann, Derek Westover, Lissy D, Andrew Burrow, Anthony Rideout, Lauren Gleason. Lieutenant Kevin, Tyler Rosewood, Joe Fermanek, Jason Sinclair, Alex F. Always want to say Axel, Stevie Marie Nickel, Mallory Duke, Alan L. Doug Atkinson, Jason the Quail Quailsburg, Patrick Benoit, uh, Benoit. Yeah, sure. Either one. Mark Mitchell, Brian Gullett, Paul Sharp, Lieutenant Catherine Shimmons, Christopher Colbert, Dan Costellic, Andrew Ingram. Angel Rivera the third, and that I believe Andy is all for this here month. Nice. Well, not month. This week, we'll get to the rest of you guys next year. Week. <laughs> next week. All right. Thank you all so much for being here. Uh, don't forget if you like us, Patreon it up. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you on the other side. Disengage, folks. You can't say oh, it, Andy, Jesus. until we're beaming. Oh, my gosh. This is unbelievable. You were so slow on that trigger. I forgot what I was doing. Disengage. Disengage.